this is gonna be fun. Full throttle, boys. Shark, where the, why the fuck did you crash the ship? That was all I had. The only option. That was the only option. You, you couldn't consider driving by and maybe knocking on the window or something. Oh. Well, you know, I grew up in the Halo universe, all right? ODST's just bored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Isn't how you normally park ships? <laughs> Actually, yes, I've seen his parking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright, I'm not good on the reverse. <laughs> I was no, driving forward this forward time. Your forte. Hey, well, I... Alright, I rammed the ship at least. I didn't miss. I mean, at least he's good at aiming, right, Exo? I mean, what? Hang one, Good. two, three. We're missing half a person. Half. Half man. Yeah. He's gone. The half man. He is gone. Where the hell are we? Wait, I see. I see. There's a computer screen blinking. I'll go. Sh I'll go turn it on. There, short. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, all right. I already busted my ass when you kidnapped us from the last episode. I'm, I'm. Wait a minute. I know I'm small, but you guys are a lot bigger than normal. Fuck, I'm blue again, aren't I? Yep, yeah. and there's no pants on. <laughs> By the rings, this is too much. Give me a second, then get some pants <clears> on. <throat> okay. You know, I was going to make a come before. I may as well make it now. Frankly, I'm just impressed. Why am I digital again? I mean, for someone of that stature, it is quite large. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh. I'm, I'm not necessarily ashamed of it, but uh, that's for uh, somebody else. That's meant for somebody else to see. All I remember is after we crashed into that ship, there was a big tear in space again. It almost looked like when George had that slip space drive. Hang on, that sounds like a war crime. War Geneva crimes. Geneva is not in space. <laughs> Geneva doesn't even plot. What, what is, I what mean, is space is just crime? the sky. <laughs> it's like international <laughs> waters. It doesn't exist. Exactly. What, what is a war crime other than the winner getting mad about something the loser did? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yes, when you lose, it is considered a war crime. But if you win, that's just considered conventional tactics. <laughs> it's yeah, that's just right. history. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, uh, from what I know about Halo, I know there's quite a few, uh, well, quite a long list, I should say, of war crimes that are committed, including a uh, the murder of, of a entirely innocent colony of Sanghili, apparently, according to what Shark has dripped fed me on one occasion what you mean that one time that they sort of kind of blew up an entire planet with a bomb hey well they lost cell reception okay oh my god that's such a bad excuse 
Fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> oh my god. But if Gerald's digital, I guess that means we're back home. Your home, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck are you saying? This doesn't look like my Warrens. Hold on. I don't see none of my breeders. <laughs> Shark, point my monitor towards the window. Let me check something real quick. Let me adjust. <laughs> and turning now. Okay, I see a Halo ring. Okay, we're in the Halo universe, so that's a start. Oh, lovely. Flesh-eating <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of war crimes, Ooh. what happened to that ship that you rammed into, Shark? I think it might have got sucked into the other part of the slip space drive. So we're just and... so we're still floating out in the middle of space in a shit rig covered in duct tape. Yeah, but now it rammed another ship, so now it's even worse. And I think if I look out the window, yep, the thrusters are gone. Well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Not to worry, we're still flying half a ship. We are still flying half a ship. <laughs> oh, it's no. more ships than you guys got. I mean, he's not wrong. Doesn't mean he's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I am still the captain here. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm integrated with the ship. I am the captain now. <laughs> no, you're just the fucking Siri of the ship. <laughs> All I'll I got to do is hit that power button and not so much anymore. I'll send out the distress beacon. <laughs> They're off and on. Hurry. We boot him. Uh. Oh, the uh. What the hell is wrong with you? Don't turn me off like that. <laughs> Would you prefer me to turn you on? Oh, no. <laughs> He's getting ideas. He's getting touchy. He's touching the uh. dashboard. I do see a USB port in that computer. Oh no. <laughs> no shark, it's not a cloaca. Instant turn off. <laughs> there is a hole in Cortana's chip. Oh no. Well then. <laughs> I feel dirty. <laughs> oh uh, you'll feel dirtier in a minute. Well, I mean Anyways, I assume we're, we're gonna become covering a list of human Yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're covering humans' rights violations and war crimes, so I assume you will be feeling very dirty. <laughs> Just so we can uh, not talk about uh, Shark's obsession with Kaleika, we're not going to worry. We'll, I have a story that does not involve esoteric things like Forerunners and Flood and Covenants and Split Lips and and uh, Takeda Shingen female elites. <laughs> <laughs> For today, Rayway, do you know what we're going to be talking about? Yes. Yes, because I chose uh, the topic for this episode. And that is... I chose the Spartan program. Well, I chose Spartans in general, but um, the Spartan program is something that I find really interesting. Because, like, I know some of it. Like, you know, they basically have unbreakable bones, similar to, like, Space Marines from Warhammer 40k. And, like, like, I know that their surgeries are, like, a lot more down-to-earth and, like, realistic. I say realistic in science fiction terms. <laughs> there, but the process is a lot more grounded than adding like fifteen different organs, like two hearts and a third lung, like uh, like what would reasonably fit in a space marine. But 
We will go over that in a, in a little bit because just like with the Fallen, the Spartan program as a whole is such a huge topic that this is also going to be a two-parter. Yay! Four episodes of Bungie. Hope you, dear listeners, are excited. Might be good this this. year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because you get two episodes of Destiny, so clearly you were bad today. You were bad this year. (laughs) Damn it! That's okay. You saved the best for last. That's why the Halo episodes go next. (laughs) I want more about my big green space virgin. (laughs) You mean the salamanders? Sure. You come here, Imperial Citizen. I want to boop the snoot. <laughs> no Vulcan don't. Death by snoo snoo. <laughs> I would like to pet this creature. <laughs> I, I love that the adventures of Korax and Vulcan is just Vulcan wanting to pet things and Korax screaming, no don't. <laughs> I will pet oh. this with my hammer. Not the one in my hand. <laughs> Make it back to Terra. I am going to give our dad boy a big hug for every bit of bone. Vulcan's <laughs> actually an orc in disguise. Please let that be canon. <laughs> Vulcan is half orc. I, I mean, mean, he did see the wall. <laughs> I mean, he tackled an orc into a giant ball of green energy, so I mean, he could be half. <gasps> could be. He absorbed the half the orc prime arc. The half prime orc? It's <gasps> why the salamanders are green. <laughs> green is the best. Dice I mean, big and dice <laughs> green and dice mean. I mean, black is the goth's color, and goths is the most common orc. And salamanders are black and green for their color scheme for their armor. So, I mean, but that's besides the point. We're here to talk about the other uh, war crime committing soldiers in green armor. <laughs> oh, joy of joys. Well, they don't all wear green armor, apparently, according to this picture. I sure do love my daily spoon fills of propaganda from the Office of Naval Intelligence. Also what? known as Oni. Hang on. Can I make a comment fast? Okay. What the fuck is that Power Rangers looking armor there with the red? That good sir is Olympia Vale, and you will treat her with respect. Okay, I'll treat her with respect, but holy fuck, she looks like a Power Ranger. I mean, you're not wrong, oh. but treat Olympia Vale with respect. Hey, hey, listen, Hold on. listen. Kimberly was my favorite. Okay, so don't, 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 don't assume that me mentioning she looks like a Power Ranger is a diss on her part. Okay. <laughs> Fair Come enough, on, you enough. think that's funny? Let me get the Halo 5 coffee machine helmet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that sounds awful. So, for this reason, because the Spartan topic is a huge topic, today, part one, we're going to cover the origins of the Spartans going up until the Spartan 2s, because that is plenty of information. And you've got mail. <laughs> That is bad. I just spit out my coffee. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> I forgot how bad that was. Damn. Here you go for comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to think about this. Dear listeners, 
uh, obviously, Exo and I have some feelings about the way 343 is handling things, so it's a very good reason we are talking about just the Spartan 1s and 2s today. If anyone's well, curious as to what we're talking about, look up Halo 5 Seeker Helmet. I mean, it it looks like the helmet that a Seeker, quote-unquote, would wear. Like, it's very, it has a very wide visor, has sensors on the end, but, and if, like, I probably wouldn't have considered it a coffee machine until you did the side-by-side. And now all I can see is a coffee machine. <laughs> Do they have a Keurig espresso thing on the back that they just, like, clock in, close, and it feeds caffeine directly into their brain? That's that's what the little circles are on the side. Oh, Unless those are each individual dual. Keurig things that they just put in so they can have four different coffees at once? Yeah. All the more <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> oh, fuck. All this time talking about oh, there it is. Oh, we were just talking about their armor. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I'm post I'm posting one more just cuz I had to. I got I got oh, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got one too. Oh no. No. This one's not as dumb. This is the one I wore when I played Halo 5. Oh no. You've got mail. Oh, okay, I like that one. That one's actually <laughs> That's pretty cool. That, that one's, one's fucking cool. cool. And that one like fits you so much too because it's a fucking shark. Mm-hmm. Hey, my name is Shark because I used to play a lot of Halo. <laughs> oh, I respect it. Respect, respect. So Ray, you told us kind of what um, your idea or what you know what your understanding of a Spartan is. Um, so Shark, tell me what you know about the Spartans. Uh, Oni kidnap children to make super soldiers who are basically their version of Navy SEALs. And when I start the sentence with kidnap children, there's a problem. <laughs> and unfortunately, you're absolutely Look, right. Exo. From what I know like about that. the Halo universe. <laughs> Go ahead, Exo. Um, so, in a sense, Spartans, all right? Space Marines, but better. <laughs> and mm. Also... <laughs> Also, mm-hmm. after they were kidnapped, they were replaced with meat clones that died horrible, painful deaths. So either way, their parents were devastated. Yeah, Shrek told me of one instance that is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll we'll delve more into that little uh, one of many war crimes that Oni has committed, and you will learn. We were going to be... war crime. <laughs> They weren't at war at the time. Uh, Hey, their parents would have died if they were not kidnapped, all right? I'm just saying. (laughs) All right, crime, insurrection really a war? But um, there will be plenty of Space Marine comparison jokes here because it's a Spartan and it's a Space Marine. They're super soldiers. What more can you you expect here? But before we go into the... Before we go into this episode proper, I do have a quote. Not story time because I'm not as well written as uh, Ray is here, but here is the quote. They stand alone, undaunted, before the mightiest enemy in the universe. But these are no ordinary men. These are Spartans. Quoth the fall of Reach. All right. I got one more joke. All right. Clearly, Epstein was working for Oni because they started with kidnapping children. Oh, my God. That's awful. (laughs) That's bad. Damn. That's awful. Damn. I mean, as if we really need no. any more reason to hate Oni. That's all I know about them is that they're both equally comp. They're as competent as they are incompetent. Okay. 
Okay, well, you know, there's, there's, there's the com- boogeyman. Okay, I was going to save this comparison until later, but take Oni. So, so Oni, take the Inquisition from 40K. Take the Alpha Legion from 40K. Put them together into some horrible abomination of unholy matrimony. Spit out whatever kind of kid demon kielbasa comes from that. That is Oni. And that is all you need to know. Wow, it sounds like a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm hey. I'm I'm always amused by the idea of like if Oni was to end up in the Warhammer universe, their immediate reaction would be ramp up their crimes by like tenfold. <laughs> they see what the standard is and are immediately like, oh, we cannot be second best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where even the Inquisition would look at him and says, "Dude, chill." Wow, that's messed up. No, Crimin would give them a hand. I'm assuming Crimin would give them a hand. But then, other but then other inquisitors will say, "Okay, calm down just a little bit." But See, you have your inquisitors, but we have our spooks. So, all the joking aside, I'm sure there will be more later. But all right. So to put this back in 40k terms, take a space marine, get rid of the acid spit, uh, the omophagia, all the 15 different organs that shouldn't be in a human being. Take all that away. Trim down the armor a little bit, but then give them the superhuman strength, speed, durability, reflexes, intelligence, yada, yada, yada. That is a Spartan. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty much it. They undergo horrific augmentations. They're kidnapped as a kid. So, I mean, that's, that's basically it. They're anywhere from basically seven to eight feet tall. The tallest... Spartan on record is one Samuel 034, who is a whopping seven foot ten. So Damn boy, he's thick. On the whole, they're not that tall, though. They're not like eight foot tall primary space marines or anything like that. They have the super strength, durability, reflexes, thought processing, blah 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 blah. We went over that. Now, here's a big difference. Unlike space marines, Spartans can reproduce. They have working equipment. But, and this is one big but, at least for Spartan 2s, their, how do I say this? Their drive is completely cut off. So you're saying it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but, okay, take what you may or may not know from the Halo TV series, put it, jot it down on paper, crumple it up into a ball, and throw it in the fucking furnace, because we're not talking about the TV show. We're, We're not talking about the TV show. Just to make that clear for all you well, dear listeners. So. All I needed to know is that it could happen, all right? But have you guys seen The Boys, by chance? No. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Wait, so it, it would be this. So hang on. There are instances of a Spartan having a child with a regular human? Yes. Okay, well, let me, let me take that back. The only instances that we know of for sure of a Spartan siring a child is with another Spartan. The reason being is because of their enhanced physiology. It would be equivalent to a normal person trying to bow, chicka, bow, wow, a soup from the boys and all the horrible results that would entail. Oh, so it would, like it would kill the, it would kill the human effectively. If not, it, just it, it would stand to reason that w- that would happen. Okay. So, but hang on. So if they can, so is the child also like a Spartan? I say Spartan because like Spartans aren't are humans. They aren't technically their own species. 
but like does a child have the features of a hu of a human or are they a Spartan or are they like a slight mix of both? So I'll get I'll get to that in just a little bit. It's kind of okay. like there's only like two, maybe three instances of this being the case, but it's not with any of the Spartan twos, which would be your Master Chiefs, your Georges, um your Jeromes or anything like that. This is strictly from one of the earlier iterations and we will go into that in just a little bit, but that is been, and the, and the other thing too, is you make up a good point about uh, the Spartans being considered like a, a different species of human, unlike space Marines who are just considered like so far above that they're not really humans anymore. Um, Spartans are still very much human beings. It's, but, be, but the, Best way to put it is like their augmentations are exactly that augmentations that elevate you to a higher position, but you still have that fundamental human core about you. You're not this transhuman abomination that's just like you look like a human, but you're not really a human anymore. No, you're like it. Spartans are almost treated as like that next level of human evolution, if that makes sense. I don't think they have any genetic modifications, right? Uh, it's just like steroid. Basically, 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 at least as far as the Spartan twos are concerned, because we because there's very little the Spartan, the Spartan twos have like the most comprehensive list of like the augmentations that they go through and what exactly each does. And we will get to that like near the end when we when we talk about them. But let's give a little bit of context to why the Spartans were created. Now, when all of us first played Halo, we thought, oh, these were super soldiers that kick at that kick covenant ass and chew bubblegum, and they're all out of gum. We would all be wrong because they were not originally created to fight the covenant. They were created to fight squishy humans. So that, that, that fact will always amuse me. It's like mm -hmm. the Emperor designed his space marines, these demigods, because, you know, there's the horrors of the chaos and the warp and shit. And then Oni was just like, yeah, but like, instead of sending a squad of people in to fight some rebels, what if we just sent one dude to massacre a whole town? Well, I'm assuming it's also, a, I was assuming, I'm saying it's also assuming a, a sense of like, not propaganda, but like it also... Like what's the word? It 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 builds off of and takes advantage of like that inhuman, that natural human like dread where it's like, oh, I just shot this guy in armor like thirty times on my fucking like auto rifle and he didn't go down. He didn't even stop. He just came, punched my bro like square in the face. His skull imploded. He looked at me and then just kept running and I survived. And it's like, okay, well I'm alive now. I'm gonna fucking tell everybody that I just seen this. Like eight foot tall, like cheetah fast guy, disintegrate my friend, and they're gonna tell everyone the exact same thing, if not even more exaggerated. You like you send one guy in. Not only is he like an efficient killing machine, but he doesn't have to kill everybody. Like just get in there, kill half of them. The other half is going to be so traumatized. They're gonna tell everybody about it, and just like that, you could easily just see any insurrectionist movement just collapse. It's good that you make that make up that point too, because I mean the Spartans are very good at what they do. When you look at their combat record, when you when we go over like you know what makes them them and everything that they go over, they're very good at what they do. But 
a lot of it too is only propaganda. Like stuff that stuff that is said about them is while already spectacular because of their augmentations is hyped up even more just to instill that dread in for originally the insurrectionists, but then also the covenant whenever that war breaks out. And then there's, there's this very famous line that goes Spartans never die. They're just labeled MIA. Mm-hmm. That's all this copium. If you want to, oh, if you want me to use a, a oh, yeah. modern term, mm-hmm. um, actually, can I ask one question or rather sure. maybe a suggestion for any only operatives listening? Um, have there ever been instances of, say, Oni letting insurrectionists be captured by the Covenant with the explicit purpose of of having Spartans attack the the insurrectionist um, prison camps effectively to basically have the insurrectionists who are being interrogated or imprisoned hear that there are Spartans coming to that prison camp to then themselves tell the Covenant that is imprisoning them, oh no, the Spartans are here. You guys are all dead. We couldn't survive because they're this, 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 and this. You guys should fucking run because they showed no mercy to us. You guys are fucked. I wouldn't put <laughs> and then the Covenant to do something like that, but to my understanding, and then Shark and Exo can correct me, but I don't think there has been an instance of that because when the war broke out with the Covenant, they've essentially tried to do peace talks with the insurrectionists because at that point it's let's stop the petty squabbling against ourselves because we're facing fucking extinction against the, against these aliens. I gotcha. For me, it's just like, I can see an immediate, like, I guess not a tactical advantage, but like, I guess an advantage where it's like, Oh, world, 1719 is under is a, is an insurgence or an insurrectionist world that's under attack by the Covenant. Well, we could let them get a we can get we can let them get attacked, but if we send some Spartans in there, and even if the Spartans don't win, they just go there and tear shit up, and like their goal is to save insurrectionists or at the very least like minimize casualties. Not to save them, just minimize casualties to the human civilians and then leave. Not only are you not only with the Covenant like see the Spartans in action, but the humans would the insurrectionists would become like, you know, indebted to the Spartans and the and to the UNSC. You could have like a like I don't know. Maybe I'm an Oni agent and I can just see like the ways they could take advantage of the Spartans as terror weapons as much as they are effective killing tools. And I don't know what that says about me as a person. You've been reading too much. Well, so the, the thing now. is with. The the thing is with the whole terror thing is they couldn't really use it too well because there is kind of a Spartan named Emil who kind of went a little too far with the insurrectionists that they had to just put him on alien killing duty only because the oh, public no. didn't like that. Yeah. Only solution to the insurrectionists complaining about war crimes was more war crimes. Basically. That's great. And it's funny because the original intent of like creating super soldiers to begin with was to minimize civilian or uh, co- civilian casualties or collateral damage. But actually, then, that makes a lot of sense. So, but to, that's, like, that's a good reason. Actually, that's a that wow. That is like every time you hear like super soldiers as an excuse in in fiction, it's always like, oh, we need to have better soldiers. But to have the reason be, yeah, you want to minimize casualties by sending less people onto the front lines. Mm-hmm. 
and then all and that's then reduce the and then reduce the risk of like uh, innocent quote unquote innocent civilians or you know just collateral damage where you don't where like because you want there to be a society still standing when all the fighting is done. That was the yeah, original yeah. intent, although just like what Exo and Shark pointed out, you do have those odd cases like an Emil that uh, just creates more war crimes upon war crimes, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Sanity is for the weak. They put yeah. my bro on timeout. <laughs> when I when I said they're like the Navy SEALs of the universe, they pretty much like literally are meant to serve that service. Like it's it's a sur- it was supposed to be like a surgical strike. Like cut the head off the serpent instead of hacking away at the body, like you do with the army. And the and the interesting thing is, like every single Spartan has, except for one, is an operative in the navy. So almost all of them have almost all of them have like some kind of naval rank, which is why, uh, you know, the most famous Spartan, John One One Seven, is called the Master Chief because, like, that is his rank, Master Chief, Petty Officer. So the Navy yeah. SEAL comparison was actually pretty pretty uh, apt. Mm. Now, to go into the whole insurrectionist side of thing, just like we did with the Elite episode and then the Dark Souls episode, let's provide just a little bit of context to why we are where we are. This one will be brief. Don't worry. We're not going to talk like an hour and a half unless we just get derailed horribly. Knock <laughs> on wood. <laughs> He's lying. A lie detector determined that that was a lie. (laughs) Survey says that is a lie. (laughs) They are human, so I can only make so many sex jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's turn the dial back all the way to the early 21st century. Circa 2075, give or take. So probably another more. So about another 50, 50 or so years from now, <laughs> if you can believe that, from the from the United Nations, the United Nations is still a thing. They form a body called the Unified Earth Government because Earth at this time is starting to develop a really, really bad overpopulation problem and does not have the resources to support said overpopulation. So they're starting to branch out into the you know, into other plants of the solar system, but they don't have that faster than light travel. They don't even have fast travel. So everything has to be done through, you know, colony ships and just very, very, very slow space travel. And they're basically restricted to just the solar system. So kind of like the human, how the humans are in destiny. We're just, you know, just our nine, eight or nine planets here. That's it. So, the uni- the unified earth government or ueg is was founded and eventually became its own governing body by around 2170 and uh as a as, as an official part of the united nations and then it became its own governing body over earth in 2204 and that became essentially what would lead humanity into its new into this new age of you know stellar exploration it helped with the overpopulation somewhat, but because Earth is the only planet that has the resources that we need to actually keep sustaining ourselves, we need to go out further. So in 2291, there were two scientists called Tobias Shaw and Wallace Fujikawa that got together and actually created the 
<laughs> what they call the Shaw Fujikawa Translite Engine, which basically creates a slip space. It uh, rips a, uh, puts a tear in time space that puts you in the slipstream and it compresses everything around you so you're getting from point A to point B in a straight line, but a lot faster. Kind of like a wormhole almost. I'm very much oversimplifying this because I'm not an astrophysicist, but that is how humans are actually able to get uh, to get faster than light travel. So, with the Unified Earth Government kind of spearheading this, they're a, they basically lead three main branches. They're part of the United Nations. They have this. They have this other branch called the Colonial Administrative Authority, which is whenever humanity goes out and sets up colonies on all these exoplanets outside the solar system. That is the main governing body of those of those colonies. And then you have the military branch, which is the United Nations Space Command or UNSC, and that is basically the military group that you're a part of for the entirety of all the Halo games. That's the main focus. That's the main fighting force of you know against the insurrectionists against the covenant and over time as the covenant war came uh you know got really really bad the unsc kind of took more power and basically became almost like a uh almost like a military dictatorship not not a dictatorship but more more of like a martial state but i'm getting ahead of myself a little bit so this goes on you know we're expanding our empire and i say empire but I'm still reading in the 40K too much, but um, hold on. Here is a picture uh, from Halo 3 of our galaxy. And this is a view from the arc that we mentioned in the Elite episode because it's situated outside the galaxy. So that's what the galaxy looks like. Just to prove how big of a place it is, this is... I had to I had to go to Deviant Deviant Art because there's no official official artwork, but this is a uh, fan art of what essentially is human controlled space in the galaxy, or that's the galaxy with <laughs> yeah, it's like human controlled space, which is like that blue blip, kind of like right there in the lower central part where you see the Orion arm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I do have another picture that I found somewhere. Where is it? Ah, here it is. Okay. This is actually a little bit better because it zooms in and it just shows how pathetically small our quote unquote, uh, quote unquote stellar civilization is. So to be fair, the covenant one looks pretty small too. Oh yeah. To put this all in perspective, the entirety of like the halo franchise takes place in that little blip of the Orion spur. It's and very course, small. And yeah. So, you know, the covenant, uh, the covenant space looks very small in comparison to the whole galaxy, but even then they are giant compared to the humans. I'd say the covenant space is like what? Same size as the towels. Give or take. That'd be, that's actually, that'd be a pretty, pretty good comparison. Kind of makes you wonder, though, if one was influenced by the other. Well, I mean, you mentioned. I mean, was that you who mentioned that they have the same logo, or that uh, the Tau use Marathon use our logo for Marathon? Mm-hmm. 
Let me see if I can find that real quick. Um, it's the Reclaimer logo. Yeah, Reclaimer logo. Why don't you reclaim these nuts? Okay. Copy. You know, the Forerunners used a lot of religious symbolism. And then, just like the Emperor, and then we're like, don't worship us as gods, girl. Mm-hmm. We're just dudes. Yeah, this is the bun- this is the marathon slash reclaimer symbol from Bungie. If you put that circle a little higher, it's literally the Tau symbol. <laughs> That's the Tau symbol. Coincidence? I think wow. not. Wow, that's so unique and interesting. <laughs> wow, it's so different in so many ways. I mean, the Tau literally have bird space pirates in their faction. Yep. That and, like to eat people. And a pro and a pro ethereal high ranking religious caste that rule over everybody else. Hmm. Sus. I smell I smell plagiarism. Yes, you can copy my homework, but don't make it look too obvious. The copied homework. <laughs> so it's not the same. It's totally different. <laughs> yeah, like you know, one is a reptilian race with four jaws, and then the other is like blue horse people with vaginas on their forehead. No, no, no. no. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna find out how far that tau hole goes deep. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> See what you did, Exo? Why you got Shark going it? about Cloaca again. Good job. I hope you're proud of yourself. Well, isn't <laughs> technically it's not a Cloaca because they're mammals. <laughs> not helping. I mean, I mean a hole's a hole. Wait, hang on. Yeah, Tower Bovine, right? They're 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 based on cows because they have hooves, right? They they do have hooves. That's such a weird... I still can't get over that. That's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. You know, what I just else? think it's fucking weird. You know what else gets blown up? The fact that the fact that humans are actually in space and we are grow are growing our empire, but at a very slow rate. So, side side tangent over. So now, mm-hmm. thanks to the Shaw Fujikawa, aka the Slip Space Drive, human humanity is able to expand into the stars, and this keeps going on until even into like the late twenty four hundreds. So by that point, it's like the human human controlled space is divided into three main sections, which is the solar system, you know, our solar system, the inner colony. Yeah, I know soul. I live there. <laughs> hey, that's a planet. I live on a planet. Always wanted to visit. Sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear the I hear the people who live there are assholes. <laughs> Fun to visit. Don't want to. You're gonna drive by. You better lock your windows. But if you actually look at the the last picture I I, I posted with that's has it zoomed in, you can kind of see the three main areas, which is you know the the solar system segmentum solar. If you want to put it in forty k terms, right there in the center, you have the inner colonies, which is like that dark orange ring, like immediately around the solar system, and then you have the outer colonies, which is like that yellow blob, because everything is situated toward serving earth uh, everything so small mm-hmm. everything that the colonies produce be it an agricultural world a entertainment world a military a military fortress world it all goes <clears> in <throat> service back to back to earth so over time 
this causes a little bit of discontentment because the way that the folks in the colonies see it as like the unified earth government is kind of, or the UNSC is kind of taking control with like an iron fist, almost very, you you'll hear this a lot in a lot of the later halo, uh, a lot of the later, more recent halo lore that the UNSC kind of does have some fascist tendencies with uh, how they kind of manage things. Look no further than Oni, as we've been joking about before. Also, lock your cars since I've been making since uh, since I made that comment. <laughs> but yeah, so as time is going on, like these people are getting more upset with how things are. Just they don't feel like they're being represented fairly with in regards to, and they're not being represented by the government by, by the main government back at Earth. So it's like they want a little bit more independence than what they're being given, but the. Uh, United Earth government says no. And they keep on saying no. So finally, it just comes to a boiling point where you have groups like the People's Occupation or the Secessionist Union. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, let's say a uh, major empire that likes to import tea has some colonies that says they want to become independent. But then that empire says no. So then the colonies decide, okay, we're going to throw all your tea overboard. Well, that's kind of what the People's Occupation and the Secessionist Union does, except they do that. Except they do that with guns and bombs, and become uh, do a lot of not okay things. In essence, the Space IRA, pretty much. So I forgot to post. Here is a logo of the Unified Earth Government. I will point out in one of those images you sent. Uh, one of the planets is called Paris Four. Oni should have fucking glassed that place to the sun that came down. <laughs> oh my god! And then here's the logo They're for building the U- for the UNSC. That's cool. That was my favorite part. Is the wings are like torn apart. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: there was a news broadcast in which they were talking about the real life UNSC, also known as the United Nations Security Council, and they used the Halo UNSC logo. That's embarrassing. I heard, I heard about that. I laughed. I saw it. It was funny. I think someone should have got not fired, but definitely someone should definitely have been like, "Hey, uh, you should feel this, ashamed." You, 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 someone saw well, an opportunity and took it. No, I think probably, somebody just yeah. Google searched you and SC, and that was what came up. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't read the fucking text at the bottom. Uh, it says Space Command. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do they mean by Space Command? Well, that's just a fancy word for Security Council. Well, it's funny because the because the uh, uh, the United States now has a Space Force. So, and we chose the Star Trek logo. Are you kidding we, me? We chose a Star Wait. Trek. Why, why did we do that? Wait for real. We chose the Star. So we sing on humanity. Yeah. Still took a Star Trek logo for. Our space military. Yeah. First, I'm reminding yeah. about this Star Trek logo for Earth. No, just space look up Space Man. Force. I got it. I got it. Force. Copy. Space Force. Literally the Star Trek logo. Oh, God. That looks. Boom. I hate it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but. They could've... No, but, well, but why? But 
<laughs> but, but why Star Trek the, about peace and exploration and intelligent life and not interfering in the affairs of innocent l civilian life? Why and did the United States of all people? Why did the United States choose the peaceful organization for their military logo? <laughs> like I said, CIA, CIA operation, man. That's so uncomfortable. Speaking like, of, let's shy away from this uncomfortable image to another uncomfortable image, courtesy of the insurrection. Well, you know, if I'm going to be honest, I think I like this one a lot more than this one, which is the United States logo. <laughs> the insurrection. They're here to fist you. Mm -hmm. there's Honestly. Another, there's another variant. But it, it, well, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on, that that logo looks very similar to other other movements that people have a lot of opinions about. So sometimes that you know, exercise caution is all I'm going to say. Go ahead. Why why are the insurrectionists portrayed though with like a logo that is has some negative connotations when get like. Yeah, they're not exactly great people, but like, for all intents and purposes, the ice, the not the successionists, the uh, insurrectionists sound like the fucking good guys here. With they're uh, not. They're not. They they're, suck. they're not. I mean, the interplanetary wars is the beginning of the insurrectionists, and it's literally World War Two. Oh, I'm, you mentioned you mentioned communism and Nazism coming back during the like yeah. during that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so despite what the is... Halo show shows you, the insurrectionists are not the good guys. Hey, I haven't watched the show. show, so we're not talking about the show. Good. <laughs> will, well, I'm I will, just I will reach a hand through my monitor and smack the shit out of you if you talk about the show again. It just you seems like a weird. Smack me. I'm immune to smacking. It just seems like a weird choice too, because like for all intents and purposes, they don't seem like. They they seem like their movement has grounds to stand on, has at least moral grounds to stand on, given the fact that it's the same motivation that America itself had when it rebelled from its empire. Well, put so it like, like this. They're not wrong because of how the UNSC can be in their very, you know, nation state first mentality. But the way they go about it is they do so much bad shit that it's like you cannot justify, even though, yeah, they have good intentions, you cannot justify what they do to go about those intentions. Well, I mean, we could easily have a moral argument in like a future episode, perhaps a tavern talk where we do debates, because like I could easily like easily play devil's advocate for the insurrectionists. Mm -hmm. Just give me a list of all their war crimes and I'll compare it to, to Oni's war crime list. And as much as. <laughs> One side sounds bad when one side's motivation is, hey, they're overtaxing us and we want some freedom and we decide to take very extreme measures, which I don't know those measures, but I'm going to assume a lot of them border on war crime horrific. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, um, that's the funny thing is you, you say it's like, oh, well, show me the insurrectionists like bad stuff and I'll show you like Oni's bad stuff. It was like when you really think about it, it's because the, the insurrection is mostly against the UNSC and Oni is kind of separate from the UNSC. Like, ah, uh, okay. I can, I can, okay. I, I, I can, yeah, I can like, see that point. 
Yeah, it's they, it's they, like they do a what, lot of shit that the UNSC is not aware of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can. I can view that point. Yeah. That's that. I can. I can. Like. I can secede on that point because, like, to, me to saying, the, "Oh, the UNSC did this." It's not. It's the UNSC. Yes, did it, but it's it's Oni who did it as part of the UNSC, and the UNSC doesn't have full knowledge of Oni's stuff, right? Uh, to is, make to make, to bring it to the point that uh, Shark made before is like think of like the okay think of like the U.S. Army doing whatever black ops that they're doing on that day. But it was under the direction of the CIA who does stuff behind, even behind the backs of the U S army. It's kind of like that. Okay. The, okay. Think of the UNSC as the bomb and the Oni as the pilot slash guy giving directions to where to put the bomb. Basically. Okay. But enough okay. of the uh, moral discussion of a, of fictional, Fictional factions, people. We're, remember, we're keeping the arguments fictional here, but uh, just to kind of <laughs> to just to uh, kind of let's not let's not have spark any really bad debates here. Anyways, so the insurrection you you have an idea of how they kind of function, um, and there's different there are different cells of the insurrection is just the people's occupation and secessionist union or the SU or whatever you designation you want to give them. Those are just like the two main, like the largest of those sub factions essentially. But, um, the main body of actual like, uh, fighting begins in like 20 in the year 2494. And it's, uh, as this drags on, the uh, as this drags on, there is a uh, scientist named Carver. I think I think that's what his name. Uh, he creates a report called Carver's Findings, and it was like a prediction of how a protracted war against the insurrectionists are going to go. And it basically leads to essentially, it's like if this goes on for too long, so many lives are going to be lost. Human society is just going to collapse at such a rate we need we this needs to be we need to be we need to stop this and put everyone into compliance again so if you want to take this back to 40k where you have a million human controlled plants across the galaxy that you need to put back into compliance and so the emperor created his super soldiers uh so this war against the insurrection it it was never officially declared kind of like how uh I'm um, trying to think of it the war on terror. Yeah, it was never officially declared, um, but it's 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of fighting and skirmishes and throughout the entirety of the franchise, like there's is major fighting before the Covenant War. It slowed down a little bit as the Covenant War was going on because I mean even then there are still humans that just hate the UNSC, but then it ramps back up again after the Covenant War is over. So it is like one of those things that's just like ever persistent that just never really goes away because you're always going to have that dissatisfied group that just want that just basically want to be like fuck the UNSC, just burn it burn it all to the ground that that sort of thing. And so this is this is what prompted the creation of the Spartan of the Spartan super soldiers, but they were not called Spartans at the at that time. It was actually started as something called the Orion Project. 
and it was sort of <laughs> okay. it was named twofold because this whole because like we are technically in the Orion arm of the galaxy, and it is also named after the mythological hero a uh, hunter Orion. So that's how the Orion Project got its name. What does Nav Spec Warcom mean? Is that just a funny? Just a bunch not of funny, but just, a just a bunch of uh, military naval, jargon. Naval special war, naval special war, uh, commission. I think generation one. Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be commission or yeah communication. I'm I'm gonna assume commission. Yep, and here's another another. Logo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's another. Logo like, that's associated, cool. Associated with the uh, Orion Project. Those are all the all that's those... like an old guard regiment logo right there. Holy fuck! Yeah, all the all the personnel that served in the Orion Project are given this uh, this patch. And to all you dear listeners, it's basically like a lion head with the sword going through it. It's pretty boss. Yeah, but the fucking pro escort at Astra just looks so fucking. Well, that just goes fucking hard. Like I fucking want this as a. I just fucking want this as something. Holy shit. It also has the Orion belt in the uh Yeah, it does as well it. to reference Orion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a scar on the lion's eye too? It looks yes. like there's a scar on the yeah. eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, that lo- that goes so fucking hard. It, it, I think one shit. of Yeah. I think one of Orion's legend is hi- hunting a lion. Yeah. So they're so Bungie can be clever with their writing when they really want to be. They go hard. Until they don't. Sometimes. <laughs> Until they don't. Sing Healy, meet the fallen. <laughs> exactly. Don't copy. Can I copy your homework? Just don't make it look obvious. <laughs> they so, have forums, not too. So, the very first iteration of this Orion project was started by, you guessed it, Oni, because they've been around for fucking centuries by this point. It was officially activated in the year 2321. But at that point, it was shut down because they just did not have the technology or the understanding of human biology to make the augmentations that they want to make to create these super soldiers. Any further details about well, this I, about this iteration have since gone missing or has been corrupted, so we don't know what all it would have entailed. Records expunged. Uh, Gerald, real quick, I want yeah. to throw in. I translated the Latin on the Orion thing. Oh. Uh, so it's like pro West pro score ad Astra, which means I follow the stars. That's just hardcore. right there. Holy fuck. That's hard. Holy fuck. Thank you for doing that. You know what? You know what? Fuck the Spartans. Can I be part of the Orion project? Well, that is the, that is the Spartan project. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I'll explain. I, this. I, I'll explain the semantics in just a little bit. But um, well, they're they're not you, called you, Orions. They're called Spartans. I'm just saying. I think I'd rather be part of the we chase. We, we was it we what is it? We follow the stars. Yeah, follow we follow the stars. The, that sounds way fucking cooler than what do the Spartans have? What do the Spartans have, Gerald? Give me a moment and I'll look it up. Gosh, I'm only a digitized. I'm sure. Now. I'm sure Gerald will get to it, uh, but you probably don't actually want to be part of the Orion Project. No, you really don't. You really don't. But um, I was going to save this for when we actually talk about the Spartans proper, but this is the Spartan. This is the uh, patch for the Spartans. Okay. 
that like a part of me is like that's really basic, but then a part of me is like that that is like almost a primal like that almost screams like my monkey brain respects that. <laughs> like some like the design of that is like almost instinctually intimidating. Um, it, I mean, it, it's just the presidential seal, isn't it? <laughs> is a presidential seal holding a lightning bolt, arrows in one hand, then have a? Well, I guess they have the star overhead, but it does like, have. Just some... I'm pretty sure it has arrows in one hand. Does it? Yeah. Okay. So the American presidential yeah. seal, or like the the seal of the United States, is an eagle with uh, arrows in one hand, and then on olive branch in another hand. But the head is pointed towards the olive branch because that's supposed to mean peace, or that's supposed to mean we. Oh, peace. I like this. It's pointing towards the arrows, and because because this is the Spartan symbol, it's pointed towards the arrows because oh. we were at fucking we were fucking at war. So well. Would you hang on? Would you rather face a Spartan whose eagle head is facing arrows or facing lightning? <laughs> Neither. Well, if he's facing the lightning, I'm sure that's what the guys who lost cell reception their patch is facing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fuck! I'll shut up. This is this is so cool and very hype, and I'm 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 tangenting because of it. <laughs> Good. Good. I, I'm I'm still not gonna lie. The, the the lightning in the air was has like an almost like instinctual. Oh my god! I don't want to fight these guys. But here's the a, more, the Orion a, is way cooler. Here's another version of the Spartan Ooh, like that one. of the Spartan symbol. I like that one. So the Orion Project, the original brainchild of what would eventually become the Spartan Project. So it was, so it was originally shut down because they just, at that time, they just didn't have the technology come the opening fires of the insurrection in 2491, you know, some, some guy, some nerds in a lab coat, uh, looked back through the notes and said, Hey, they had something going with this. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can bring this back up. So the Orion project was relaunched and they ended up recruiting a bunch of adult willing volunteers into this program and at its height it had about 300 300 personnel and with the technology that they had at the time it was relatively successful however it came with some really bad drawbacks like really bad drawbacks a lot of them think of it like uh okay to put this back in 40k terms think of the thunder warriors like that was the first iteration of what would become the space marines however we all know what happened to the Thunder Warriors, right? Even before the Custodies did their thing. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Har- horrible Alzheimer's, uh, mental degradation, even physical side effects from like bot from like bodily rejection of you know having these uh, mutagens put into your body, and the development of what's what is called Boren's syndrome. To those who have read the Halo books, Boren syndrome is a neurological disease that's believed to cause tumors, uh, early onset uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, and it's just uh, or e- even Parkinson's. It's just a really bad uh, disease that messes up your ner- that messes up your nervous system all around. Here's an interesting thing, though. It turns out that Oni has used uses this as a cover to kind of hide the fact that these personnel involved in the Orion project were 
suffering from bad side effects of the augmentation. So they created, quote-unquote, Boren syndrome as an excuse to hide the fact that these were failed test subjects, essentially. So it's unconfirmed whether or not Boren syndrome is actually a real thing. Because officially, on paper, people speculate it is contracted via... Uh, handling uh, improper handling of covenant plasma grenades because it's like it's like a blue ball that you can light up in your hand and then you throw it and then it's like it has it's a it's a sticky substance and then you know it blows up it's you know got a lot of plasma radiation um, Gerald then, I'm gonna stop you right there real quick stop me right the, here. Uh, yeah the plasma grenades aren't sticky. It's just they're burning into you, so they kind of just stay there. Okay. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is the distinction between sticky and it's literally burning into your body and then explodes? Semantics. Uh, the sticky, it's it's painful. Yeah. The that's stickiness. The, that's the main distinction. <laughs> yeah, but they both stick. One just literally fuses your skin to the grenade as it burrows into you. The other one is just, oh, it's a little sticky. Don't worry about it. <laughs> if nothing eh, else, just you won't be that. alive much longer. If anything else, you learn from this covenant technology is busted. Anyways, that's, hang on, that, that's terrifying. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> the other suspected cause of Boren syndrome is there is a covenant weapon called a carbine. And it has a ammo canister at the top. And then whenever you run out, it reloads. The canister shoots out and it's expelling gas as it does it. So there is speculation that breathing in that gas is also something that causes Boren syndrome. But again, it go, going back to what we know from Oni, that they often use this as a cover-up to hide their shady experimentations. We don't know for sure if that's an actual thing or not. So, is it real? Is it not? Mm. Use your best judgment. So, because of these side effects, because of these issues, this degradation that is going on, the program was completely deactivated in 2506, and out of the 300 applicants, or out of the 300 candidates, there only 165 were left. And that's in that, but that's all. But that's a combination of. Augmentation, rejection, uh, war of attrition, and other ish, other issues resulting from that. Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. What kind of uh, so? What kind of uh, conflicts did these did these individuals participate in? There were two really big ones. The first one is called Operation Trebuchet, which is. And Operation Trebuchet is a 10-year-long period of sending in these Orion Project operatives to basically take out, kind of like what Shark mentioned before, is Shark and Exo mentioned before, is just like you're cutting, cutting off the head of the snake to kill the body. And that was basically the beginnings of the, that was basically the beginnings of the propaganda for these super soldiers against the insurrection against anyone that tries to, uh, you know, create chaos, you know, with the UNSC. So, so hang on. Mm-hmm. So when they, like, they're attacking these terrorist movements effectively. Yeah. Um, when they cut the head off the snake, 
does that work? Because like in real life, that doesn't off that doesn't actually always work. From what I do know, in in most cases, cutting the head off a snake in an in, in during a terrorist or at least during a um, uh, asymmetric warfare, cutting off the command structure usually doesn't work. So I'm actually wondering, is it actually effective? Like, so, or is it not as effective? It's it's good that you bring that up because that also goes into the next major operation. Which was uh, mm, okay. which is called Operation Kaleidoscope. I don't know where they get their names from, but there was a major insurrectionist cell that was operating at the time, and so Operation Kaleidoscope was the cut was the cut the head off the snake uh, operation that they were trying to do, and just like you, just like how you pointed out in real life, it didn't quite work. Because there's still going to be those dis, uh, disillusioned individuals or it, disillusioned individuals that are, that are going to be against the UNSC no matter what. Or because you killed number one, guess what? It's number two's turn to take over. And then they're just going to pick things back up and keep, and, you know, keep going with the, uh, keep going with the insurrection. So it worked, but not really. So it's kind of a, it's just more like it's prolonging the fight, essentially. It's 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 it it worked, but not as well as as it it had been hoped. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. Okay. They're usually like killing the leaders, but they're not killing what everyone's pissed off about. Like they've killed the guy who's kind of rallying everyone up, but they didn't fix what the people are mad about. So it just yeah. creates someone else to step in. Yeah. So that being said, let's talk about some of the some of the most famous individuals because there are actually there actually are some individuals who have lore that come from this project, and oh, we'll just go ahead and get the uh, badass sergeant in the room out of the way. You've probably heard of this gentleman before. He is a fan, very much a fan favorite, especially during Halo Two and Halo Three. Sergeant Major Avery Johnson. Am I right, Marines? Sir, yes, sir! Mm-hmm. Damn right I am. I had a oh. stick in a rock, and we had to share the rock. So remember during the lead episode... <laughs> oh, I know what the lead... So remember during the lead episode, we were talking about Ertas Vadumi and how he is like the king of like quotes that go hard? This is the, <laughs> this is the other guy who is also the king of quotes that go hard. <laughs> so I know of him, but I don't know much about him aside from he's like he carries like whatever Master Chief. Like if he Master Chief isn't around, he's the one carrying it, basically. Oh, absolutely. So we're humanity. We regret being alien bastards. We regret coming to Earth, and we most definitely regret that the call just blew up our raggedy ass fleet. Ooh. <laughs> I actually know that. I actually heard that line, and I started laughing. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Okay, <laughs> I can respect oh, this man. All right, here, here's an example. So, the, uh, when each of the games, depending on the difficulty that you choose, some of the lines that he speaks actually changes. In Halo One, he actually was meant to just be in like another red shirt uh, marine that just uh, that just dies in like the the, the first engagement, like you know, like uh, Imperial Guard or whatnot. 
but because he was so because his voice his voice acting was so popular with the fans, like they actually brought him back for Halo Two and Halo Three, made him his own character, and gave him all this badass lore and whatnot. So here is his uh, here is one of his speeches. If you play the original Halo on Legendary difficulty. Men, we led those dumb bugs out to the middle of nowhere to keep them from getting their filthy claws on Earth. But we stumbled onto something they are so hot for, they are scrambling over each other to get it. Well, I don't care if it's God's own anti-son-of-a-bitch machine or a giant hula hoop. We are not going to let them have it. We will, And what we will let them have is a belly full of lead and a pool of their own blood to drown in. Am I right, Marines? <laughs> Holy fuck, I want to fucking fight by this guy's side. Never mind. Yeah. As someone who's like hung out with Marines, this dude is like the most a Marine to ever Marine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is a com- he is a complete uh-huh. badass, and here is and here is the fun the fun thing because he is a character uh, yes. that goes all the way up through uh, Halo Three. He's he's deserving of his own like deep dive episode, so I won't go into too much detail over him. He is like seventy eight years old by the time of Halo Three. And he is still going out there, spouting off badass quotes like this and kicking ass. With a cigar in his mouth. And He's also in Halo face. Wars 2, and his power is Gundam. Yep. I'm sorry, what? Yep, you heard, you heard Exo right. He has a Gundam? Let, let me get... That's actually, so, from what I've heard, I need to look it up. The Orion Project originally wasn't supposed to be like oh you know dudes in armor going around spartans that sort of shit it's supposed to be dudes in fucking like mechs Mm -hmm. and so in halo wars 2 they they brought that back with the sergeant johnson dlc yeah because the the what we associate as the spartans with their like their badass power armor that wasn't a thing until the spartan twos came around interesting good to know good to know Mm -hmm. So, Here I have the picture. Ah, uh, send it. <laughs> Moving fast. There you go. <laughs> let me let me send one of his mechs to oh, if I can glorious. find it. Oh fuck! If this if this doesn't scream Gundam right here, this is one of his special units. Oh, oh the, no, oh, that's the that mantis. Oh my god. I like that. I like the Mantis more than the first one. That first one is okay is cool, but I'm not well, a fan that he, he just... has no he has no helmet. <laughs> well, how else are they gonna show him smoking a cigarette? <laughs> the one I love played... how we just talked about the Tau copying Halo and now we're talking about Halo copying the Tau. <laughs> it's all one it's all one bit vicious cycle. Technically, it could still be the Tau copying Halo. It's true. Mm. Yes, yes. That first one does look an awfully like a Crisis battle suit. Just saying. Yes, it does. I don't know what you're, you're talking about. about. <laughs> Blue horse people. What? You're crazy. <laughs> the one good prop I will give the Halo Four is you can actually pilot the Mantis, and it is badass. That is like one of my favorite missions. I love the Mantis. One of my favorite missions in Halo oh, but- Four. Gerald, I don't know if you've played Halo Wars 2, but yes, that is a version of the Mantis, and it's like twice as big. I, I have played Halo Wars 2, but not I like I, I've only done like one playthrough of it, so I'm not as familiar with you know with all of the intricate uh equipment and gear and whatnot. 
but I think I do remember what um, you know what you were mentioning. It, it was it's so cool. So Orion Project, um, before it was or before like the lore of the Spartan Project was like expanded upon, there have been there have been kind of speculations that Sergeant that uh, Sergeant uh, Major Johnson has had something to do with like an early version of it because that was always talked about in the fan community because uh, he was so famous for like being that badass sergeant that would just die in every mission of, uh, of the original halo. But then he just ought, then he just randomly shows up in halo two as a full fledged character. And then, uh, and he also shows up as like a survivor from the original halo in the book first strike, which is supposed to take place between halos one and two. And so as that kind of goes on, it has basically been confirmed by the writers that he was a participant in the Orion Project and is now officially designated as a Spartan 1. Because when the Spartan 2s came around uh, with, with, their, with their Spartan Project, everything, be, because it was built upon what the Orion Project has started, all the personnel from the Orion Project was retroactively dubbed as Spartan 1s. So that is the most famous example of the Spartan ones, as I'm going to call them now. But there are so, a couple. There are a couple others. This will just be really quick because this goes into the uh, um, children of Spartans, as that you asked earlier, Ray. Um, there was an, there were a couple other personnel. Again, these are both part of the Orion Project. Um, There's a James Lee and a Gilly. They actually married and then had a kid named Janissary James. And then there was another one who was just named Morales. And then he ended up fathering a Kevin Morales. Now these kids, they're kind of nicknamed Spartan 1.1 because they, they were born with the inheriting some of those traits of the, of their augmented parents but because it wasn't the augmentation wasn't as well understood, they did have to receive like inoculations and then frequent scans and checkups to make sure that they don't necessarily grow up with any kind of really bad side uh, side effects or physical defects. However, they do present with you know heightened senses, a heightened physique, slight improvements to like overall in their in their thought processing and their brain power, but it's not to the level of the Spartan twos or it's not to the level of the uh, Spartan ones. So they're just like a little bit enhanced, but not really, uh, but not really compared to their parents. So if so that, that answers that question for the, what if Spartans do have kids essentially? Okay. So here's my follow up to that though. So like, Maybe this is just, like, the 40K in me. And, like, you know, how the whole, like, space marine should replace humanity at a certain point. Is there ever, like, was there ever an attempt to effectively make more Spartan 1s in addition to the Spartan 2s and all the subsequent Spartans that came after? Because I know that there are Spartan 4s who aren't. Like, they're totally different from Spartan 2 and 3s to a degree because they're not as extremely modified as the twos and threes but like i'm wondering like was there ever an attempt to make more of the orions or more of the spartan ones to effectively promote this sense of effectively uplifting humanity through like procreation by like basically creating like these superhumans that would effectively uplift 
humanity overall because like you're saying right here that human that there are well i guess no you mentioned that they had to procreate with each other they couldn't procreate with regular humans so i guess not right and to like and to to, yeah to answer your question simply no not not a not in the sense of make more spartan ones versus spartan twos or make more spartan fours versus spartan threes it's it is Every like we give them we give them these designations, uh Spartan one, two, three, four, because each designation builds upon what was created before. So the when the Orion project, the original Spartan ones ended, that's it. There's they're not gonna make any more Spartan ones per se. So everything that went into the to that project was revamped and reworked into what became the Spartan two program. And then, and then, so you build off of the information that, and what you learn from that to try and improve and then make Spartan twos, which were better than Spartan ones. Well, then you take, or, and then, you know, you have that program. It, you know, it goes, it goes through its lifespan and then you, uh, and then you learn from that. So then you make imp- further improvements there. That's how you get your Spartan threes. You make improvements. That's how you get your Spartan fours. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, it's like each one is supposed to be it's like. It's not primaris and firstborn. Right. It's yeah, exactly. That That's a good way to. I gotcha. It. I was more just wondering, cause like from what I'm understanding, I could easily be understanding this wrong, but it seems like, Orions or Spartan ones rather are more closer to like augmented humans, whereas Spartans are more equivalent to like superhumans. Yeah. So that, or Spartan two is rather yeah, more equivalent to superhumans. That, so like, and that's a good way to I was to more, put it because because of like our understanding of augmentation. So the Spartan ones, while they're in a lot of ways better than your baseline human, it's when it comes to Spartan twos, which we're going to get to in just a second, like it's a whole other level of just superhuman. Any other questions before we get to the Spartan twos? No, go ahead. I was, I was like, you, you just mentioning a Spartan one point ones made me wonder, like if there was ever an attempt to like improve all of humanity, because like, I like the idea of superhumans, but I prefer if every human, eventually reach the status of what would be equivalent to superhumans and just the idea of like well why make like what'd you say there was 50 you said 50 right of the spartan ones am i um it there's 300 at the start their program started with 300 there were 165 by the time it was it was deactivated okay Okay. yeah because like i'm wondering like if each one of those like had their own kids like that could have their own kids and this just continue the cycle. I guess I'm more just going over like what shark went in the previous episode with the fall. And we're like, I want to know like if they could have kids, how many kids they could have. And at what point those kids could replace humanity as the dominant species of effectively the human empire, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call what the UNSC has like, like I don't want to say it's a government because it's more like an empire, given what you've described it as. <laughs> the way it's slowly, it's, like a it's the, I mean, it's technically, it's technically the UNSC is still is still under the unified Earth government, and it's supposed to be a representative democracy. 
but because of the insurrection, because of the covenant war and everything, it's slowly kind of gotten to where the UNSC is doing more of the running, the day-to-day running of things just out of essentially out of necessity because you're facing extinction. You got to do like, you know, what, what are you going to do here? But, um, but yeah, you do make a fair point. And to actually kind of segue into the Spartan twos, let's, uh, bring up this individual. This is Catherine Halsey. You've probably heard of her. You've probably heard, heard of her <laughs> name before in some way, shape or form. I know she is a war cramerific lady. So not, not, I'm not going to be a simp, but there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more layers to that. So to go. She is, she is Oni's Epstein. Yeah. The Master Chief's mom. Mm-hmm. Every Spartan 2's mom. Who gives them mommy issues. And Cortana is a naked clone of Master Chief's adoptive mom. Oh, uh, yes. Because we'll we want to give the... We'll address the naked blue elephant in the room. Yes, this is <laughs> Catherine Halsey. So after the Orion Project was effectively shut down, the there was moderate success against the insurrection. But because it just, you know, for... It, like what you were saying earlier about cutting the head off of the snake, but not very, not working because you're, you're always going to galvanize someone into more action. So then it's just, it just became more of a protracted war. So then in 2511, about, uh, what did we say it ended? So about five or six years after the Orion project was deactivated, they began the Spartan project and that was headed up by Catherine Halsey at the ripe age of 18 because she was very, very intelligent in human, human biology and genetic engineering at that, at, at such a young age. Now we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to like the uh, Spartan threes and fours in the next part. But to answer that question about, to answer the question that you asked about replacing humanity with like this, this breed of Spartan or whatnot, the it's as when you get into like the halo four and halo five timelines, that is kind of what uh, Dr. Halsey is kind of one to lean towards. She, and like, like I mentioned at the very beginning with like these Spartans are seen as like the next step in the human evolution. And Halsey wants actively wants this to be a thing. But the main thing is, it's uh, think of it in terms of like it is ungodly expensive for the emperor to create the custodies, and so it's very much the same way with this. It is just it requires at our current level it requires an ungodly amount of resources and time and money to make just thirty Spartan twos, let alone try and apply this to the entire human race. I gotcha. I guess that's so. Hang on. So I I would technically want to be on Halsey's side if I want humanity to not be replaced by Spartans, but to effectively reach super or to reach like superhuman levels effectively. With that mindset, yes. And I mean, she. I'll I'll get more into the war crimey stuff later, but she knows what she's doing. She's she's she. She understands like what she's doing is wrong, but at the same time, again, take everything you know about the TV show, throw it in a furnace because it really does her dirty. It's because like 
what she's doing is out of like necessity for the human race. <laughs> Damn it, Ray. I made that point. I made that point. I just had to make that point. I just, I'm just <sighs> saying, I approve humanity reaching the next step in evolution. Okay. Well, That's Halsey, is, Halsey is portrayed is a little, is a little bit more co- complicated and nuanced in the, in the halo war in the halo lore. Um, she's because she has that, like she understands what she's doing and the gravity of what is required to make, to make the Spartans and the sacrifices that are going to have to be made. And she carry, and she, and she actually carries that with her. That's why she has that, that, that very adopted mother aspect to all of the Spartan twos, not just the master chief, but like all the Spartan twos, like, in her in her mind, like because of what she's doing to these kids, the best thing the like the least she could do is like at least try to get have some kind of sense of like give it like a maternal instinct, uh, you know, or tr- you know treat them in a maternal way almost. So that is Halsey. She is leading up the Spartan Two pro- program. That is how the Spartans actually get their name because she took the information from the Orion project and kind of, and took that to learn, okay, this is what worked. This, this didn't work. This is how we can change it to make it even better and more effective. Because again, they're still trying, they're still trying to go at this with the mindset of, we just need to reduce as as many, as much collateral damage and civilian casualties as possible because we're still fighting insurrectionists at this point. We haven't even discovered the covenant yet. And then here's actually a quote uh, by Halsey to all the recruited Spartan twos. You have been called upon to serve. You will be trained and you will become the best we can make of you. You will be the protectors of earth and her colonies. Proceeds to send them to all the war crimes against <laughs> Earth's colonies. Yep. And then against uh, the filthy Xeno scum. So now like what EXO was talking about, like the original Orion project was about like mech suits or whatnot. The Spartan two program was very radical in basically the, in the entire, in the entire approach because, because of two things. One Halsey determined that to lower the risk of rejection from these augmentations, you there, all the, all the candidates needed to be kids of like no older than six years old. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some war crimes right now. So just bu- buckle up, everybody. So, and they have to pass a very rigorous genetic screening to make sure that they're the, the most compatible they can be before before they even re- receive any kind of training or augmentations whatsoever. The other thing that radicalized this iteration of the Spartan Project is not only is she augmenting humans, but she also spearheaded the Mjolnir project, which is the very famous power armor. She basically spearheaded the project that would become the very iconic crash suit that you see on Spartans in the Halo series. So it is her integration of, you know, augmenting humans and then combining that with and integrating that with like a, with, with a power suit that is what makes the Spartan 2 so famous. 
and makes the project so very, very intensive as you're going to, as we will find out. So the, all the candidates have to be no more than six years old at the time that they're at, at the time that they're quote unquote conscripted and they have to pass a rigorous genetic screening to make sure that they have a, a, a snowball's chance in hell of accepting the augmentations. So she was originally given the go ahead to pick 300 candidates, kind of uh, very similar to the uh, Orion project, but because of budget cuts, because of stuff going on with the insurrection that got reduced by half. So now she can only pick 150 candidates, but again, because of more budget cuts, she can, uh, that got cut in half once again. So she is only able to pick of those 150 that she finally screened. She was only able to pick 75 of the best ones from both male and female with those 75 individuals that were picked, just like what shark, what you and shark were talking about before they were kidnapped at six years old from their homes, like basically in the dead of night by Oni operatives. And then they were replaced with like a flesh clone. It's called a flash clone because the, because they'll put the clone in place. And then like after a short period of time, we don't know how long the clone will suffer from horrific degradation and pain and just sudden illness and then just die of natural causes. That way it is, it is Oni's way of hiding the fact that these kids are being, are effectively being stolen from their homes just so they can be experimented upon to be these super soldiers. Here's the kicker though. As bad as that sounds, in my research as of this morning, I come to find out that Oni originally didn't even want to do anything with the flash clones is just kidnap the kids and then go about doing your experimentation. The flash clones was Halsey's idea of kind of offering some semblance of closure to the parents, because obviously if kids go disappear, if kids go missing, people are going to ask questions. So it in her mind, it was her way of, kind of making up for the fact that she has to take somebody's kid to undergo these procedures. So again, well, you can, every, I mean, you can simp for her. You can, she, you can simp for her. You can hate her. It's, it's really up in the air up to you. What, whether you think that was the right call or not. Well, I mean, I brought this up to shark as he mentioned something about them kidnapping kids. Uh, and my thought process was like, Oh no. 75 children disappeared across 100 planets. Okay. Add them to the list of kids that normally go missing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. When you put it, I also that, have a cheaper, was, when you put it, I also have a cheaper now. solution for Oni. Uh, it's called a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have just shot the parents in the head. Just saying. If you're gonna I come mean, into their house and kidnap their children, why not just kill them and call it a day? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, that's you right actually now before you actually give Oni ideas. I mean, he does make a good point though. Like, they went out. They, how much money did they spend making flash clones for every single one of those kids, only for those flash clones to die after like three, yeah, four, and Hal- five? And Halsey was concerned about budget cuts. She could have saved so much money and probably made five more. If she just she went with the made bullet option, more stones with that. But her fucking you know conscience what? told her no. It's her fault. Harvest got glassed. You know what? I think I don't like her. She has a conscience. <laughs> she had a conscience. Instead of making five more Spartans, I could have saved. She could. We could have gotten five more Master Chiefs. But no, 
Shoe side, have, have sympathy. <laughs> that is correct. You know I what? did just say murdering their parents is a better option than giving them a child that will die of cancer in the next 15 minutes. Excellent. Well, I mean, logically, yes, it is this? cheaper. I think Excel is in agreement, right, Exo? Break out the warp stone. Well, <laughs> you're right, bribe him. Look. Hey, look. All right? We're not, we're not, we don't do none of that here. How much? <laughs> is that a 20? It's your payment that's expected. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> He's weighing his options here. He's like, hmm. <laughs> hmm the bribe or my valid points? Hmm, the yeah. bribe's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> I like how Halsey just like thought that 75 children going missing across planets was like a big deal. Yet, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure 75 children go missing a day in America. So, you know what? That's not You're really not unusual. <laughs> you are not wrong. Like, the only, like, from, I've seen, like, a snippet of the cutscene where the kids get taken, which is, like, they break in, they sneak into the house and take the kids, which could raise suspicion, obviously, like, hey, some broke into our house and took our kid. But at the end of the day, like, they could have easily made it look like force entry. Like, they could have easily, like, like, they didn't have to be, like, they could have, like, stealthy, yes, but they didn't have to be super stealthy. Like, rather than, like, get in, get out, make it look like there was no, like, nothing happened, they could have broke in, intentionally left the locks damaged so it looks like someone broke in, left the door open a little bit so someone broke in, take the kid, and, like, mess up the room so it looks like there was a struggle, and then just leave, and the parents are going to think, oh, someone broke into our house and stole our kid, we're going to expect a ransom anytime soon, and the kid and the parents are just going to wait, call the police, hey, where's the ran- we're waiting for a ransom. The police go there waiting for a ransom, and there's no ransom to come, boom, kids go missing, police get winded and get distracted, and boom, done. Make five more Spartans. Yes, I'm giving you any ideas. You put some uh, strange amount of thought into this, uh, buddy. I say I got some kids in the basement right now for a Spartan program. You know what's super funny though is you guys just mentioned this and I came up with the idea just that fast and I don't know what to say about that because you saying that is now making me have second thoughts. It's okay, Ray. We'll just take you down to the police department so you can turn yourself in. <laughs> the Oni the, the police department. <laughs> Somehow I became their king. Those children had a vitamin D deficiency. Sorry. <laughs> I can't wait for Flub to hear this episode and immediately start asking questions. If he hasn't been asking questions about us since, like, episode two, what what are we doing? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> but continue. Continue with the war crimes and the child abduction. Okay, war crimes, child abduction. Let's get into the actual uh, augmentation process, shall we? This may or may not make you think have have second thoughts about it because just like the augmentation process for or implantation process for the Space Marines, the kids are not having a good time. Just to showcase like some of the uh, results of what they have to go through. A lot of surgical implantation, a lot of mm, a lot of. Uh, What's the best way to put this? 
think of Anakin in his burnt uh, Malekith state and undergoing horrific surgical procedures. That's basically what the that's basically what all these kids are going through. Now, instead of um, instead of you know nineteen different organs that are basically being shoved into the body cavity, there's only I mean, there's there's different parts, the augmentation progress, the biochemicals that are put into your body, but there's one, two, three, four. There's five main portions that I will go over, and that's what makes this the Spartan twos the Spartan twos. So we're gonna get a little technical. <clears throat> the first major, one of the major components is called occipital capillary reversal. So basically, what they what the what they do is it's a surgical procedure where they go in to your cerebrum in the back of your head and work on the capillaries, the smallest portion of your blood vessels and perform a surgical procedure that reverses the blood flow. So that way it, it enhances and the rod enhances the blood flow that goes to your, the rods and the cones in your eyes. And that helps you with your perception, with your vision that helps you, quote unquote, see things faster, which in the scientific community is a crock of shit. <laughs> it just means that you, because you're able to, you're able to process your vision a lot quicker or your vision is so enhanced that you can process these things quicker and then have faster reflexes for it. That's what that means. So whenever, so whenever you hear someone say they see something faster and then someone in the background or someone in the back corner cringes, that's why. Okay, Spartan time. And it's what helped Master Chief slap them slap a missile out of the air. <laughs> yep, because that actually happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that does have a drawback, though. Um, there is a small percentage of if the procedure goes wrong, you are rendered completely and totally blind. All right, and that's or a cripple or crippled. That is the issue with any of these augmentations that we're talking about here's one of the more famous ones uh the carbide ceramic ossification yeah carbide ceramic ossification they have to go in so in this instance they have to go in every single individual bone in your body is surgically implanted with a thin shell of a ceramic carbide material so think like Think like liquid ceramide. We'll, we'll, we'll put this in space marine terms. Think like a liquid ceramide. It is grafted to your bones, all of your bones, and settled. And that's what ba- and that's what virtually makes them unbreakable. But it has to come in with the right ratio, so to speak. It has to come in with the right amount of coating to give you the full protection, but also not completely encase the bone and then keel over and and ruin you know what the you know the inner workings like the bone marrow and whatnot and whatnot it's kind of like a combination of uh it's like a it's like a combination of the space marine ceramide armor and the getting the uh, adamantium skeleton like wolverine that's to put it in simplistic terms and of course that has its drawbacks you could probably you're gonna suffer some really bad breaks and die like that's you know, any of these can result in death. All right. The third major in, uh, implantation is called the catalytic thyroid implant. And basically it's a small platinum, small platinum pellet 
and it's implanted in the left thyroid gland, and then over time it releases a growth hormone that that promotes and boosts uh, skeletal and muscle growth on top of the ceramic carbide material that's already grafted to, to your skeleton at this point. So that's how you get, you know, really big, strong, muscular individuals. And that's why these Spartans are over like seven, six and a half, seven, almost eight feet tall. This is the thing though, that also kills your, your drive to procreate, so to speak. So like what we were saying, like what we were talking about and joking before the beginning of the episode, like they have working equipment down there, but because of this growth hormone that's been implanted in their thyroid, they now have like zero, zero drive to bam. So again, not impossible, but very, very unlikely. All right. Next of the major ones is muscular enhancement injection. And this is, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's chemicals are being injected directly into all of each, each and every single one of your muscles that help kind of strengthen the connection of all the muscle fibers and also boosts uh, muscular density and growth. So that way you have a much higher endurance than you normally would. And then the last major augmentation that we'll talk about is can't believe I'm saying it. superconducting fabrication of neural dendrites. If you have no idea what what I just said, that's okay. I don't either. But basically, what it means is there is just an alteration to your nervous system and boosting how well your brain conducts the electricity to send those impulses throughout your throughout your body, and that is what gives you like that boost in your reflexes. That is what gives you that helps you with your brain power, your memory, your just your thought processing and like the way you can think as fast as a supercomputer, you know, that sort of stuff. So all those lovely, lovely surgical procedures. Let's take a wild guess. Everyone. How many kids do you think died from this? Just anybody. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know the number. So I'll let them guess. All right. XO. What? Fucking half. Can you repeat the question? I was, uh, not focusing. Uh, so I'm getting some warp stone here. Um, so with all those procedures... I think he was doing warp stone. <laughs> so with all those procedures, how many of the how many of the 75 candidates do you think died from just from undergoing these procedures? Say 45. No. Ray, how many, how many did you say you thought died? Half. I said half. You are very, very close. Of the 75 candidates, 30 of them died from just from the augmentation procedures. Holy. Mm-hmm. It gets even better, though. There were 12 of them who survived the augmentation procedure, but something went wrong, and so they were effectively crippled in some way, shape, or form and are, quote-unquote, quote, washed out. So that's another 12 gone, like, from the original roster. Oh, I, I love that you use the term washed out. I don't know if that's the term they actually use, but that's that, what Navy SEALs use when is, you fail is, boot camp. Yep, that is the term that uh, in my research they actually used as they washed out instead of saying they failed yeah. the augmentation. Yeah, so that's just like a cool... I, I don't know. I just love this about that because like all these surgeries are like semi-realistic, like a ceramic carbite is like a realistic thing that we actually have today. Mm-hmm. So you could like... 
I don't know. I just love that, that it's like semi-realistic and they're actually using like real military terms mm-hmm. from nowadays. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Like all of these procedures, they could, you could feasibly see them as being something that can be done on like, say growing an omophagia, you know, from, from a Petri dish or in, like giving somebody a third lung with no, or a, uh, a, you know, like all the, really crazy stuff that a space Marine goes through this stuff here with the Spartans feels a lot more realistic. If that makes any sense. I know we say we're, we're saying this with a sci-fi story that has, that has aliens and uh forerunner parasites and all that stuff. So take what I say. Yeah, with a grand I don't know. I've, I've, I've just always appreciated that the humans feel real mm-hmm. in the universe. Yes. Yes. But now with those 12 that were crippled and washed out, to give to put another point in Halsey's favor because of how the guilt that she feels, she does hope that you know once the <clears throat> augmentation process is completed, that she can give new hope to these kids that wash out to basically help re- rehabilitate them in some way, shape, or form. You know, depending on what exactly crippled them to begin or what exactly their ailment is. So, and there actually have been a couple of uh, confirmed cases of. Spartans that washed out in the augmentation process, but they were successfully rehabilitated uh, later. But wait, back, back how are they rehabilitated? Um, it doesn't really it doesn't really specify, but they're uh, basically like as the coven as the war with the covenant uh, went on, they also you know there have been improvements to technology, especially because humans are really good at reverse engineering covenant shit. So Halsey was able to basically apply stuff that she learned from reverse engineering covenant technology to help kind of lessen, lessen the crippling factor of, of some of these parts. Obviously some are just, or can be so crippled to the point where it's just like, there's no point, but then there are others that like, you know, if you have the right kind of technology, you can make them function a little bit better. It, again, it doesn't go into huge detail, but that is that is something that was written into kind of humanize Halsey in a way, given all yeah. given nope. all the stuff that you know is being done to these kids. Don't think that they like became Spartans. More so, think that they didn't die of their crippling. I think there's a character who's on the military council who's in a wheelchair who's a washed out Spartan. There were there were there was one that. Uh, yeah, he actually became like a military advisor or whatnot, and he's and he's just, the worst. The worst he has to go through is he's stuck to a wheelchair, which there are plenty of people in this day and age that are confined to wheelchairs and they can function otherwise function just fine. But just to pour salt on the extra salt on the wound, so thirty were dead from the augmentation pr- uh, procedure. Twelve of them were crippled and washed out. There were two more that realized the horrible trauma that they went through. One of them even discovered the Flash clone, uh, a Flash clone that was made of them before the Flash clone died. So those two ended up actually, two of them actually ended up committing suicide, realizing the horrible shit that they've gone through. So out of all of that, 150 that got reduced to 75 conscripts, only 31 were left of the entire Spartan 2 program. Just comes to show how dangerous this whole procedure was at that time. And then, and then it showcases like the improvements that were made in the number of Spartan threes. And then eventually Spartan fours that, that come up in the later halo games. So 
all I'm hearing from this is Halsey definitely should have made Flash clones. Because one clearly killed itself because of the Flash, because it found out about Flash clones. So, she lost one because of her sympathy. Second, think of all the money she wastes on these Flash clones. She could have had five more Spartans here. What the hell? Why are you the way that you are? This goes back to my point. As a t-shirt idea. Halsey was too nice. As a Halsey idea. was too nice. <laughs> Sympathy is never the answer. Commit genocide whenever possible. I'm definitely going to get Matt to do, put that on his shirt. Halsey was too nice. <laughs> so we got Ted, Ted, the old, Ted the Canadian old one. Halsey was too nice. What was the other t-shirt idea that we had? That's a big spider. Oh, that's one that's, big, that's one that's big, one fucking, big spider. fucking spider. There we go. what's wrong with us (laughs) nothing okay and then we're 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 coming we're coming towards the end guys we're coming towards the end let's talk a little bit about the uh the power armor that the spartan twos wear because that is obviously like other than master chief being master chief that is this is the most famous feature of the of the spartan twos is their power armor which is effectively called Mjolnir, which is named after the hammer of Thor, which, you know, given what the Spartans were designed to do, is a very fitting name. Because of how uh, technology advances, there are actually several different versions of the Mjolnir power armor. There is, and it actually comes in three generations. I'm only going to talk about the first generation because generations two and three are more with the Spartan threes and fours, which, again, we're going to talk about them in part two. Generation one is the more is the most famous versions versions of this power armor, and it comes in seven seven marks or seven variations or seven marks. So you got marks one one through seven. Ha ha ha! Bungie reference. Boom. Uh, one the picture I just posted is Mark four, if I'm not mistaken, and this is famously worn by one of EXO's favorites, uh, Mr. Jerome. Jerome. And then you're about to see like one of the low poly version, but this is the Mark five as seen in the original halo uh, before the anniversary edition. So you can see there've been some aesthetic differences, some aesthetic differences. And then the one I posted earlier with the master chief, that is the marks. If I'm not mistaken, that's the Mark six. And then there is mention of a Mark seven when you go to, or in Halo 4, I think. Yeah, because you in Halo 2 and 3, you fight using the Mark 6 armor. But anyway, so yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, a, think of it like an Iron Man armor. Each There's always a different variation with that has different bells and whistles, essentially. But one of the uh, very, just just a, a very quick breakdown of like what makes it, what makes the Mjolnir armor so special. It's, uh, it was designed by Halsey in a way to already enhance the skills that the, the already superior skills that the uh, Spartans have. So think of the, think of like your iconic space Marine armor that exists to enhance the already special abilities that the space Marines have. And it, it functions as a way of kind of it's, it's almost like an interlocking 3d puzzle as, as what was described by one of the engineers that helped put the armor together. You got that black, you know, inner layer that looks like a wetsuit almost. And in that wetsuit is like a gel layer that 
kind of functions as a both a, te- a temperature regulator for the wearer of the Mjolnir armor, but also has a sensor array all throughout it that, like, if, uh, say, Ray, I shoot a magnum at you and you're wearing this armor, well, the gel can sense that stimulus coming at you and it can harden or soften uh, to provide you with the right protection that you may or may not need. So if I shoot, try to shoot you with a magnum, that bullet comes at you, well, that gel is going to harden up and boom, it's just going to deflect the deflect the bullet. But now if you're like... Wait, say, how does it sense? Hmm? It's... How does it... Th- it's it's like a it's it's like a sensor it's a sensor on the uh, it's a sensor on the skin Armor? that yeah yeah it's a sensor that can read external stimulus from the environment and then it can react accordingly so like if it's so so if it's like a high impact bullet it can harden to basically deflect it but if you're falling down from a high area then it can sense that too, and then it'll and the gel will soften so that way it cushions your fall whenever you hit the ground. So like the suit basically is constantly like basically doing echolocation for like a really layman's example. Yeah. And as it's like sensing the area around it, it could like detect an, a bullet incoming it. The suit will then track the trajectory of the bullet, detect where it will be located on the individual per se. Yes. In this case, say it's Master Chief, and then it will send a signal to the gel in between that's located between the skin and the armor. Yes, and then mm-hmm. and then the gel like solidifies. Yes. Now, and you also gotta think too. This is just a coating in like the under armor part, like the wetsuit part of the armor, because you also have those overlocking plates that you see on. The mark, like the Mark IV, the Mark V, the Mark VI, that those are special, special refractive metal plates that actually are strong enough to disperse some uh, Covenant uh, energy weapons. Is not is not perfect, but think of it like a think of it. Think of the plates around the wetsuit, kind of like a best car from Mandalorian. It has limited. It offers limited protection against lightsabers. That's kind of what these metal plates are on the uh, covering the uh, Spartan armor. And then another feature, because Spartans are just OP, and uh, is the energy shielding. But here's a uh, here's a little interesting uh, here's a little interesting factoid. Okay, so remember in the elite episode that I uh, that we talked about like the elites have er- personal energy shielding that covers their whole body. Yes. Now you see that in game and then you see that you get shot in game. You have an energy shielding around you. So your natural instinct would be to think like, oh, we have energy shielding like the elites. Wrong. It is similar. However, at least with the Mark IV and the Mark V armor, they didn't understand covenant technology enough to completely replicate the elite energy shielding. So what they did was they took the shield gauntlet from the jackals and then disperse the energy to apply that to the body. So kind of like, kind of like a elite energy shield, but not really. So it's actually kind of weaker than what you would get from the, from the elites. But that was an interesting little tidbit that they talk about in, I think it's first strike. Yeah. I think they talk about it in first strike where it's, it's the Spartan energy shield is repurposed from jackal shielding as opposed to elites. 
That's pretty cool, though. But by the time you go to Mark 6, or you get the Mark 6 armor in Halo 2 and Halo 3, humanity is a... or you know They've effectively repurposed enough Covenant technology to where they can basically copy Elite Energy Shielding, so then... You know, your shields are a lot better, which also explains why you don't really have a health bar in Halo 2 and Halo 3. It's just watch your shields, don't get hit too much, let them regenerate, then okay, go back out to shooting. Interesting. Now, there's one interesting little story about the uh, Mjolnir armor that I will touch into before we act, before we round this out with like our, you know, the famous, you know, all of the famous Spartans. And that is Mjolnir armor can actually integrate with your nervous system. And kind of read your impulses, especially any kind of brain signals that you may get. Every single UNSC personnel is given a neural interface implant, which goes directly into the back of their brain. And then that can also interface with this. And the same is true with the Spartans. That can interface with the Mjolnir armor and allow for an implant or and allow actually for a... Uh, Think of it like a USB port for your Cortana AI or any kind of human AI that's like a USB port to insert into, and then that way the AI can interact with the armor as well. Back to the Spartan armor, uh, you know, reading your neural impulses, it's kind of like a uh, the way one of my best friends described it is like, okay, you turn your head and you see a uh, you see a grunt or a jackal over there, and then you're thinking, okay, I got to raise my arm to bam, and it's like the the as you're going through that thought process, the the armor automatically registers that and boom, raises up your arm so you can go shoot, you know, shoot the gun at the alien. Here's the issue though. When a normal human being tried to do this because the armor picks up on that and it reacts so fast, the reaction time was so fast. It actually snapped the arm off of the, or it actually snapped the tendons and the bones in that individual's arm. Here's the scary part. Because, when you get hurt, you wince in pain, right? Like you kind of uh, tense up and have and you know have that impulse because that dude basically snapped all the bone and the tendons in his arm. He winces in pain. So what does the armor do? It automatically reacts and sends him in another direction. Boom! He's snapping more uh, bones, bones and muscle, and then that's just and then just it's the process just keeps repeating until the guy is basically just like a pile of mush internally. That is how freaking overpowered this Mjolnir armor is and why a normal guy should not wear it. Any questions? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound safe. And so <laughs> I know you've been making the jokes about Halsey being able to create like five more Spartans. The, <laughs> here's the issue with the budget cuts is, uh, you know, augmenting candidates is one thing. But just one of these, uh, one of these uh, suits of Mjolnir power armor, is about equivalent to, say, a UNSC frigate in cost. So yeah, one of these suits is about the same in price to one of their larger uh, naval vessels. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't kidding when well, I, was, I was. I was not kidding when I was making the. Uh, it it is super expensive for the emperor to make a freaking custodies. That's how it is for the UNSC to make one Spartan, and that is why there is so few of them. Not just because of budget cuts, and or yeah, not just not just because of like the how dangerous the augmentation process is, but just because of how freaking expensive it is to make them. That's the biggest restraint or biggest constraint in you know the you know the next step in human evolution, essentially. 
as good an idea as that is. So let's round this up. Let's round this episode out with naming a few famous Spartan twos. Exo, you still awake? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give my voice a break for just a couple of minutes and then let you gush about one Jerome zero nine two. Ah, uh, yes. The, the man Jerome member of red team. Now I don't know too much lore about what he was doing outside of the games. Uh, but I do know that we get our first appearance of him in Halo Wars, a uh, Halo RTS. Quite a fun game. Highly recommend it. He is the leader of Red Team, and he goes about, does some badass things on... It's been a while since I played the campaign for Halo Wars, but essentially, he kicks ass. Then, Halo Wars 2's... Er, in between Halo Wars 1 and 2... They're all in cryosleep, and a flood outbreak appears on the ship known as the Spirit of Fire. And Serena, the ship's AI, awakens Jerome, and he's like, all right, well, we got to get rid of this flood because the flood are going to go after my other Spartan buddies and infect them, and that's going to be bad news. Fun fact, the protocol for a a flood-infected Spartan is to nuke the fucking planet. <clears throat> Anyways, he goes around on the ship, beats up some flood with a steel chair, and then goes back to sleep. Then Halo Wars 2 comes back round, and uh, him and his red team buddies uh, arrive on the Ark with the rest of the Spirit of Fire crew. They go on investigating. I'm not going to say too much. They get their ass beat by a fucking brute. He's about the only one left standing. Then he just whoops ass for the rest of the game, jumps out of a ship out of orbit. Badass shit, you know? Very succinct. Good job, Exo. I tried. So the thing I forgot to mention is the naming convention for the Spartans is for for the for those of the Orion Project, the Spartan ones, they just they keep their regular names because they're consenting adults that that, you know, volunteer for this project. For the Spartan twos. Their designation is because there were 150 uh, that were originally chosen that passed the genetic screen for this program. They're given a number based off of, you know, how, you know, what number they were in the sequence. And then they get to keep their first, their given name. So in Jerome's case, you know, his first, his given name was Jerome and he was the 92nd candidate to pass the genetic screen. So that's why he gets the designation Jerome 092. And the same thing with Master Chief. His given name was John. He was number 117 of the accepted candidates into the Spartan Project. So hence, John 117. Other members of Red Team uh, include uh, Alice 130. And I have my notes here. Uh, Douglas uh, 042. Um, another famous Spartan is Samuel 034. And I just have him down because his claim to fame is he is one of the tallest Spartans at almost eight feet tall. So, yay. Big boy. Okay, so here is a, here is a uh, yeah, he a, he a big boy. He chonk. Here's a very badass one, Kurt051. So, he was one that 
they he was one that the original class of Spartans believed that all believed washed out of the program because shortly after the augmentation process was done, he kind of just disappeared. And so all the other Spartans thought, okay, he's just another washout, just like the rest of them. What actually happened, though, was uh, he was recruited by Oni, if memory serves me correct. He was recruited by Oni to basically help lead up different Black Ops missions and then to lead up the uh, Spartan 3 program, which kind of which took place shortly after the Spartan 2 program. I'll go into more detail over this in part two, but essentially the time frame between Spartan two and Spartan three is very, very short, but Spartan threes did not, did not have any input from Halsey on this. So and that leads to a lot of tension, but anyways, Kurt here is leading groups of Spartan three soldiers into all these different black ops missions. And then his final mission led to a, what is called a shield world, which is a forerunner designation, Basically, so in the Elite episode, we talked about the Ark is situated so far away from the galaxy, it's not affected by the Halo Array. Well, inside the galaxy, there are these places called Shield Worlds, which is a specially built Forerunner location that is shielded in such a way that also protects you from uh, the Halo Array if it's activated. That is how you end up dealing with one Forerunner that came back, because in Halo 4, you land on a Shield World called Requiem. But anyways, that's that's getting a little bit off topic, but just to give you some context. So there is such a shield world called Onyx that Kurt takes his team to and there's he meets up with Halsey and they're talking they're discussing, you know, all these forerunner artifacts that they need to get and then there is this giant portal that can help them travel to where they where they need to get to a lot faster than just using general slip space because forerunner technology is just mwah peak you know at its peak however the covenant reach this uh reach this location too so a massive firefight comes out or massive firefight pulls out and uh there is an elite because at this point in time the elites were still enemies with the enemies with the humans they just outnumber outnumber kurt and his team or whatnot and uh, Kurt makes a final stand in like the the very core of this shield world, and he is surrounded by like all these uh, tactical nukes that they've been trying to stockpile to take through this portal. Basically, Kurt helps you know Halsey, so many other UNSC personnel escape through this portal. He's basically the last one left standing, and then he's just surrounded by all these elites or whatnot. He's lay, he's you know shot up, stabbed by energy source. He's laying on the floor dying and everything. And then the the lead elite, who is like a fleet admiral, so very high ranking in the Covenant military, is coming up to gloat at him because the demon. Because the the Spartan twos are so effective and so superior that they're like called demon, they're considered demons to the uh, to the covenant. Kind of like how Saint fourteen is portrayed as a demon to the fallen. That's pretty cool. I also like that the covenant refers them as demons because like they're an inherently religious like faction. Mm-hmm. So of course they would identify the super the superhumans being the shit out of them that are hyper effective as demons, because that's just how they refer to things in a religious sense. Yeah. So it works yeah. very well. So this elite, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name his name because it's completely irrelevant, but he's, he's basically going over to this dying Kurt 
and gloating how we have finally overpowered the demon and now the demon is about to die. Kurt just laughs and says, I got it. Let me get the quote. Let me get the quote. Die. Oh, I think I know this. Actually, I think I know this. Die. Didn't you know? Spartans never die. Takes the control switch for all the nuclear warheads that are surrounding him. Click. Boom. Takes out the entire Covenant army that was chasing them down and then closes and then just uh, does enough damage to the shield world that closes off the portal so the Covenant can't use it to chase after the humans. Very badass. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I really like that. And then just to name a name another one, we have George052. Exo or Shark, would either of y'all like to take the reins on this one? Can I bust my nut real now? Because I'll do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Alright, can I can I get a picture of George? Because uh, you, uh, right, you do the talking, I will do the picture hunting. Alright. So George is an absolute maniac all right Jorge Jorge so George is part of noble team I believe his designation in the team is noble three can't quite remember I think it's either noble three or noble two I think it's no but uh three yeah yeah because I'm pretty uh, sure it's noble three Carter was one and cat is two I think so George, as you can see from this picture, he's not really standing next to anybody else. But George is actually considered a brick shit house for a Spartan. He is massive compared to everybody else. As you can it's also wide. see, yep, he is humongous. As you can also see, he wears a very heavy uh, modified armor. So Mjolnir is a uh, modular, so you can actually, so you can wear like the different marks. But then those marks can have parts swapped out. He wears the heavier armor. And he functions a bit like a juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch! So his idea is to use that chain gun that he's holding. Which is basically the Unice's equivalent of a heavy bolter. Not as, <laughs> not as insane, but functions the same way in terms of gameplay. But yeah, he's basically wielding a heavy bolter the whole time. And George is also... I'm sending a picture of Noble Team. George is the one on the far left. You've got mail. Yeah. That, that is great to put on how big the, he is. What the fuck? Yeah, so George uh, meets Noble... Or he's kind of like the um, human element of Noble Team. He's very um, humble... Uh, very down to earth and also like empathetic. He feels for a lot of people. He's kind of like the moral high ground for Noble Team. Because he's the only Spartan 2. All the other Spartans in Noble Team are Spartan 3s. So we'll talk more about the rest of them when we get when we cover that in the next episode. Yeah. But basically, George, I'll go over what George does in Halo Reach as I'm more familiar with that. I'm not sure about the outside lore. But George basically is part of the first mission that discovers Covenant on Reach after they go to investigate what they believe is insurrectionist activity. They end up coming across a satellite array that was taken down, which they believed was taken out by insurrectionists because they were operating in the area at the time. 
Well, little does George know, hiding in the ceiling is three zealots, some of the highest ranking field units on the entire Covenant military. And they energy no. sword, they energy sword Noble Six, who is the player character, although he survives. They kill the doctor who runs the facility and they kidnap his daughter. George is very big. As you can tell, I said George is very human. So he, he's very big on saving the daughter. So then uh, George does a few more shenanigans. But then George decides to go on a mission with Noble Six to deliver a slip space drive onto the Covenant supercarrier or Corvette. Oh, no. I can't remember what size it is. I think uh, you mentioned this. I think you mentioned C this. C I think it's. I think it's yeah. a Corvette. No, it's. it's, it's you're you're stealing a Corvette to dock into the supercarrier and detonate the slipspace bomb. Correct. Yeah, you're right. So they uh, they go to a. I think it's sword, not sword base. They go to a launch site that has a bunch of spacecraft. They do a space uh, fighter mission. So you basically blow a bunch of Covenant fighters out of the sky. And then you basically land on top of the Corvette. And you basically kill the entire bridge. Uh, you kill a lot of the Covenant that are trying to retake the ship. But then George, at the end, realizes, oh shit, the remote detonator and timer won't work. So he does... The most George thing George can do. He tells Spartan or Noble Six to lock his armor and tells them to give him a good fight. And he tosses him out of the hangar bay. He then pilots the Corvette into position and manually detonates the slip space drive, ripping a black hole through the Super Corvette. God damn. <laughs> What a fucking oh. guy. Poor one out for my homeboy. <laughs> Indeed, poor one out for my homeboy. His, his... Just to give a sense of how massive the ship was that he, de he detonated, it's loading. That is the crash site against the mountainside with Noble Six in the foreground. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's oh. only half of it, too, because it was yeah. cut in half from it the was, black it, hole. That's like the front half that's... of it. That's fucking huge. Holy shit. Yeah. And George's last words are, give him a good fight. Yeah, then there's that whole thing where it's like, oh, yes, George just sacrificed himself. Reach is saved. And then, like, 40 more Covenant ships appear. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, George's oh, sacrifice. No. Slipspace rupture detected. Yeah. That's one thing I didn't bring up. George's sacrifice is actually immediately proven to be pointless as it was originally only one supercarrier attacking Reach, I should mention immediately after the detonation of the slipspace drive, uh, five more slipspace drives come in. Oh, all supercarriers. Not just five more, like 50 to 100 ships. And EXO is actually... Yeah, there you go. Pull up the scene now. You want and here, and yeah. here, And here's just that extra kick in the nuts. You remember the Arbiter that we love and that we know and love so much from Halo 2 and Halo 3? He's the guy in charge of this Covenant fleet that's about to destroy Reach. Eh, that's fine. He was giving orders. 
I can forgive him. That's true. He also wasn't there before George died. Yeah, he wasn't there before George died. So, so I can I mean, forgive like, that. That that's that's like saying, "Oh, Master Chief killed a bunch of elites." Okay, it was a war. <laughs> <laughs> like objectively, yes, it's sad that he killed all those elites. I'm sure their their families are are sad, but it was a war, and humanity was going to die. Now I'm not saying, but Salvatomy is Salvatomy is the arbiter, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm just saying. Thal is a general in an army that's meant to, as far as he's concerned, lead a holy war. So, like, as far as he's concerned, he is right. He is objectively right. And, like, one Spartan that he doesn't even know dying, he's just like, eh. It's, it's a number on the board of, of deaths, really. So I'm not going to blame Thal Vatimi for this. If anything, that just, adds, that just makes him even cooler. I'm, I'm going to be honest, though. I do love George, but George is not my favorite. I think George is too much of a fucking softie, right? <laughs> He's too nice for a Spartan. My, yeah, my favorite comes up on the next episode. We all know who it is. And needless to say, he clashes, he clashes with Emil a lot for what Exo and Shark have already mentioned. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's like the very human, moralistic kind of guy. Like he, He's very empathetic. Yeah, you know, like, one's very, you know, big, lovable guy, big teddy bear type personality, and then the other one wears a skull on his face and would skin a cat. Because it hissed at him wrong. Yeah. Alive. <laughs> mm. So that's George. Big, huggable, like the Vulcan equivalent of the Spartans. And then oh, he also calls uh, Halsey mom. Yeah, yeah. All right, these last ones we're going to breeze through real quick. After everyone we just talked about, then there is the very famous blue team, which composes the of, we're going to run down names real quick, Linda 058, very good sniper, uh, Kelly 087, also known as one of the fastest of the Spartan 2s, uh, Frederick 104, who I think is a heavy weapon specialist, and then... Rounding us out is John One One Seven, aka the Master Chief, who needs no introduction. In fact, he such he needs no such introduction. We are not going to actually talk about him because he deserves his own deep dive. Essentially, he's the player character for Halos One, Two, Three, Four, part, Half of Five, and Halo Infinite. We don't talk about Halo Five and Halo Infinite. You never see his face. Total badass. Has basically luck and plot armor on his side, which explains how he's able to survive all the crap that he goes through, and is an indirect cause of the rift between a rift slash rivalry between the Spartans and then the ODSTs. Which, to put this in Imperium terms, think uh, they're like your Tempestus Scions of the Imperial Guard. That's that's like that's the kind of level that ODSTs are are on. So, fun fact about the fast thing with Kelly, she is able to go 62 kilometers per hour or 38 miles per hour. Ah. And I think I think Chief was barely able to reach 60 miles per hour in, not 60 miles. Yeah, wait. 60 kilometers. Oh no, this is telling me miles. 
That sounds more more apt though. Like sixty miles an hour, that's like what, eighty or ninety kilometers an hour? Uh it's more than that. More than that? Okay. I know he was able to reach he was whatever speed he reached, it was very fast and he like tore a tendon in the process. And then Kelly was able to outrun that. So again, she's one of the fastest Spartans. But yeah. So I think at this point this is a good cutoff for the first half of the Spartan program or just Spartans in general. So part two will cover the Spartan threes and fours. Any questions from anybody? I have no questions. I really enjoyed it though. It was very cool to learn about all the really cool Spartans that are present in the universe. Or I guess just some of them rather. I do have a question for all of you. How many Space Marines do you think Master Chief could take in a fight? Unlimited. Oh he has hot armor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to go with a hot take here, and I'm going to say uh, zero. <laughs> zero. Interesting. Defend my answer? Okay, I'll defend my answer. Space Marines, taller. Space Marines, way more. Second, uh, more durable. Third, um, if we're talking about they bring their own guns and armor to the fight and it's not a fist fight, Space Marine guns and armor is just superior. Fact. For me, I, I, I'm willing to make the bait. I'm willing to like debate it. Like, in the camp of being on Master Chiefs, like in the Spartan side. Because, like, in my opinion, Master Chief wins because he, he has plot armor, like, it's in-universe plot armor from what I know, like, it's objective plot armor, so he can't be beaten. But, like, if you're just talking about, like, a base Spartan, so, like, I don't know, would you consider the feats that Master Chief has to be the average of a Spartan? Or do you think he'd be, like, above average of a Spartan? Well above average. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very above average. Mostly because okay. of his luck and plot so, armor. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, well, let's say we take, I don't know, let's say we take George or Noble Six as, like, the baseline Spartans. Do you think any one of them could defeat a Space Marine? No. Well, Noble Six was one of only two Spartans ever classified as hyper-lethal. Uh, <laughs> I, I fucking hate that sentence when they say it. <laughs> Hey, wait, how can Why? he be hyper lethal? You're already lethal. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's what's dumb. He kill he not only kills the body, but he kills the soul. <laughs> that's like that he kills you extra. Yeah. You make know. sure you're you're kill gutted. No, I I don't think Spartan like it is canonical that Spartans can bench press the same as a Space Marine. But once again, they weigh more. Like, in a fist fight, I think the Space Marine wins, like, 90% of the time. But if we're talking, like, I throw them on a planet or, like, I don't know, a city, and I bring the Spartan with his Mjolnir and assault rifle, he has 7.62 against the Space Marine's basically automatic anti-aircraft gun. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. W welcome to 2555, where we still use 7.62. <laughs> Yeah. Well, not, not only that, but, like, Space Marines themselves are, like, tanks. Because, like, Shark, me and, I, me and him had the discussion that Space Marine combat is, like, tank battles. Well, he made the discussion. I was more listening. But that is more equivalent to, like, a tank battle with how they combat with each other. 
So like, like for me, I think a Spartan could beat a Space Marine, but the issue is that a Space Marine would like to put it in like video game terms. A Space Marine has more health. They have more toughness, but they have the same strength and maybe the same speed. With the Spartan maybe being faster, depending on who it is. And then in terms of weapons, I think the Space Marine just has better weapons. But I think the I think the Mjolnir armor is better, like just better because a Space Marine can't survive a fall from orbits unless you're uh, what's his name, Malum Cato. But like four out of five Marines died in a drop when a drop pot hit hit a planet's surface. And we just learned that Noble Six fell out of orbit and survived fine. So, so like, Master I think their Chief. armor is better. Oh yeah, Master Chief. Sorry. But, but I, I should mention. Well, both Chief, both of so them. Chief Six and Jerome have all fallen from orbit. I, I should Earth. mention that they do have to do what is called armor locking, which means they can't move while falling from orbit. That is true. Fair. Because that because that could, that's supposed to cushion the impact, and you actually notice it at the beginning of Halo Three. After Master Chief does it, does his drop from orbit or whatnot, you find him there, just like his arms, just like straight up in the air, and like his neck is twisted at a, you know, like at like a cocked angle, and he's just stuck like that until he has to be manually like released. Yeah, yeah, it makes us. It also can have your armor can also not survive that fall in the terms that like it starts to malfunction, and basically it's like so that there's a tutorial at the beginning of Halo Three, but still, yeah. Like at the beginning of Halo Two, it's like he's being assessed after what happened in the original Halo game, and then you got this you got this gunnery sergeant that's just like, Man, optics are totally fried, you got viscosity going throughout the gel layer, that's all messed up. Oh, there's so much chipping on the armor. You know how expensive this gear is, son? I love that line. You seen the you seen the meme where his <laughs> chief goes tell it to, to the to covenant. The covenant. <laughs> and so he's like, all right. And he gets on a ship and flies over to the fucking hierarchs. He's like, you know how expensive this gear is, son? <laughs> you want to tell me what you're doing on that covenant ship? Wasting taxpayer dollars. <laughs> Dude, you don't fuck with anyone in logistics. Oh, man. Absolutely not. Well, anything else that, anybody would like to me. add? Any, any dick jokes? Um, well, Cortana is hot, and it's weird that she's a naked version of Chief's uh, adoptive mother. Okay, you're just you're, um, you're ruining it for me. Just just stop right there. You're ruining it. <laughs> let's just I'm say just Chief, let's out. just say Chief has an Oedipus complex. All right. <laughs> uh, I want them to bring back Halo Four Cortana. Mm. Halo Four Cortana. She was just so fine. Beautiful, but wonderful. Lovely. <laughs> Somebody in uh, 343 said, give that woman some clothes. So they made the weapon. <laughs> yeah, no. You see you see Halo 4 Cortana, and then you move on to Halo 5 Cortana, and they just yeah. covered her up. <laughs> She's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Holy uh, fuck. And uh, apparently... Uh, so in lore, Cortana looks like that because she wants to make people feel uncomfortable around her. <laughs> I mean, it is a very distracting thing. Like, how do you, like, how do you have a conversation with someone when they're like deliberately, the they're what would you call that? 
like the circuitry that flows to their bodies and isn't is directly designed to cause you to like follow its pattern towards like it it's it's a very impressive tactic to be used for like intimidation or not intimidation manipulation the only issue is it raises so many more questions as to what the fuck master chief is into yeah well let's just say uh master chief not having a sex drive is not true cuz he is definitely fucking that usb port when the game is not playing uh excuse me did we ever discover if the suit does or does not jack him off <laughs> doesn't the raider hate that someone added that and people believe that <laughs> oh damn it's got a it's got an automatic suck well hang on hang on this brings me this brings me back to the question of making more spartans couldn't they collect his dna and use that to make more Spartans through, like, in vitro, um, like, insemination. And then, because even if they don't have his, like, genetic, like, you know, they don't have any of his augmentations, John 117 still passes all the candidacies for a successful Spartan. So couldn't they just take his DNA and take the female, and take the eggs from a female Spartan, say the one, say the woman who was the fastest, I don't know if she's dead or not, but they could collect her eggs, and then combine these two together to basically, like, hothouse a bunch of potential candidates for future programs of Spartans because both of them succeeded, so therefore their kids, if they ever have some, should have a higher likelihood of succession compared to regular humans. So what you're saying is, Ray, Halsey could have made five more Spartans. No, I'm not saying she could have made five more Spartans. I'm saying she could have made (laughs) way more Spartans, but she just didn't have, but she just had a moral, she had morality. I, f- I feel like the, the product of two Spartans would be an abomination. I don't know. I think the Covenant would be the first to find out. <laughs> you think those demons are bad? Wait till you meet the devil. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like they're not putting as much thought into the amount of Spartans they could make if they actually tried. It's well, like, I'm I mean, just saying. Arm, well, the other thing is the armor is expensive, and the the UNSC is not trying to run a slave army, so... Well, they don't need to make armor for all of them. I mean, like, as far as I know, I know they just threw Spartan 3s as, like, basically hole fillers. Just use these guys as hole fillers. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, Master Chief is a hole filler for some money. Oh, I mean... There's a strange lady in my head. She calls me Stud Muffin. <laughs> Don't make a girl a promise you can't keep. There's no longer a strange lady in my head who calls me Stud Muffin. Uh... Welcome to Grimlore. Come for the lore, stay for the whatever the fuck kind of banter this is. Hey man, I told you, I told you last episode what would be happening. You did, and I didn't listen, and I failed you. And you fail. Now, let's all play a fun game, alright? We're going to look up female elites without getting porn, alright? The challenge oh is to get... The challenge is to try to find official art posted by 343 and not porn. <laughs> You can do this at home on your very own computer. 
<laughs> Watch out for the Oni sensors, everybody. <laughs> I am a, I am an Oni sensor. I've actually been working for Oni all along. <laughs> oh no! I knew it. You're a fucking spook. <laughs> this is actually this is actually an investigation onto whether or not uh, Captain Halsey should or should not be a member of Oni. And I have clarified that she is definitely not worthy of our organization and will therefore be executed for her morality. Oh, trust me, they've tried to oh, do they that. Actually... Having... <laughs> they've tried to do that. And, <laughs> yeah, they and having, to... quote, a conscience. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it shows in the picture that he posted. Let me see, hold on. Uh, uh, yeah, you notice how she's missing an arm? Yeah, oh, they tried God. To execute her. <laughs> they, they tried to have someone assassinate her. But they missed and shot her in the arm instead. <laughs> and then afterwards, they're just kind of like, okay, well, I guess she can stay. What the hell? Because then they have evil Cortana to worry about and then the banished on top of that. So, but again, we're not talking about that shit. I, I do always like, because whenever I read books where Halsey's in it, and it's like after the Spartan program, or like whenever they're working on the Infinity it's just she's sitting in a box by herself and they're like i don't want any computer near her because she'll fuck everything up she is honestly a genius it's weird oh wait we didn't show ray what anime halsey looks like oh Oh, fuck me i have seen this oh my god okay let's do this let's see this you're on it let me let me get Let's talk about Oedipus Complex fucking 3.0 right here. Oh Man, no, I feel like this is, is going to be bad, but I'm also <laughs> excited. A- anime Halsey is, uh, something. Mm-hmm, she's something. Can't get a good enough picture, but I guess this will have to work. Oh no, I'm so scared. Behold, anime Halsey. Oh no. Oh. It's a little bit feel about that. It's a little bit worse with the context. I, I so remember it's like an, watching it's like a Final Fantasy character. <laughs> I, I remember watching Halo Legends, and like they were like, "That's Hall." Or Chief was rescuing Halsey, and like it took me way too long to figure out that was Halsey. Mm-hmm. It is a. Like, the f- it is a strange episode. Just say she's got some oddly shaped bazongas on that too. Oh my god. Feel dirty. Let's talk about uh, thanking our patrons. How about that? Why would we ever thank those people? Because you're one of the Nexos. <laughs> so here's your appreciation post. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I will thank for not being a patron. <laughs> oh, so. man. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? If you stuck around for this long, dear listeners, <laughs> thank you. Um, hopefully you get some kind of entertainment out of this, whatever we, we call it. That being said, let's go ahead and thank our wonderful patrons for making this possible since you're the ones that are funding this, uh, uh, this debauchery, 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 and those wonderful patrons are the Honorable Bretonian Knight, Sir Flood de Montfort, the Noble Chaos Dwarf Slappy. The Imperial Dwarven Knight, Astronautical. The Trickster Knight of Zinch, Warper. The Powerlifting Knight of Nurgle, Big Joe G. The Noble Island Pirate, Dwarf, King, Admiral, Smoker of the Delvin Pipeweed, Crocodile Hunter, Fisherman, Airbnb Guest Host, Seeker God Emperor, Chicken Farmer, <laughs> Podcast Host, Mark! Whew. 
It the... sounds gets longer the more the, the longer he says a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Bro screamed so loud. I'm pretty sure Mark actually heard him. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have been summoned. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. The noble scryer Skaven Exo Flatclaw. Hmm. More like flat cock. <laughs> Whoa. How do you know about that? <laughs> I've, I've seen what those breeders talk about. Why? Why? Well, I specifically told them that they're not allowed to talk. <clears throat> the wizard noble of Zinch, Magnus the Rad. Oh, yeah. The noble Druki pirate, Admiral Dungledew Scale. God damn it. <laughs> the noble priestess Lanesh, Zane Leopard, and our silent supporter, Shamrock. Whoever you are, thank you. Yeah. We got a we got a mysterious supporter. Yeah. The mysterious stranger. Fallout reference. <laughs> thank you, dear listeners, for listening in on this. It was definitely one of the episodes of all time, for sure. Yeah. Was, I was, was told to relax on the <laughs> jokes. Next episode, <laughs> I'm saving them. The next episode's going to be on The Fallen and all their genocide, so... <laughs> oh, so oh, you're making boy. it easy for me. Oh, boy. Hey, look. You can, look. All you gotta do is defend St. 14's actions and you'll be fine. Uh, you know what? I'm actually pro Saint 14. So let's go. Okay. Can yeah. I get my body back? Pro first? gay Russian robot. <laughs> I mean, Saint 14 is one of those guys who's like, I love humanity. I love humanity so much. They're my favorite type of people. And then he sees a guy who has, who looks like he has four arms. And he's like, hold my, uh, hold my beer for a second. I gotta go uh, take care of some business here. Now we're floating through space. How do we uh how do we get to back to the destiny setting, Ray? Well, it's simple. We just press a bunch of buttons. Just press everything. Okay, let me interface uh... the system here. Okay. There's a uh subspace portal. Shark, steer the ship. Go for All right. throttle. But he can read. Wait. All right, this looks like a throttle button, so we're going to crank it up. Wait, 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 stop! <laughs>